we had to get to three episodes and now he's admitting that his audio doesn't sound good. Oh, it's my audio is awful. It's the worst. That's why it's mm. funny when I make fun of your mic. I, we've talked about this because you refuse like you don't have a blanket for it. I mean, whenever I listen to the episodes, like I don't really I'm not bothered by the quality. I think if we keep doing it, what we should find a better solution. Yeah. Okay. That's so, cool. Yeah, we can get like you know mics with you know a pop yeah, I want a sweet mic shield or you know we can totally all, get that. All, we're going to be doing this regularly. That's totally fine. I want one of those cool streamer setups. We all have to get gamer chairs <laughs> and an articulated boom arm that we can move the mics around on and stuff like that. Aren't you? Right? Have, we, You're not looking at no. the video, are you? I've, I mean, I literally have what you just described. We also have to have cool, I'm, like, colored lights in the background. I think I just. Oh, broke. do you have a boom now, Mer? You do. Yeah, yeah. yeah because thing looks. What looks what? Thing looks jank as hell, man. You need it is, to, that it needs is, to be like five times more burly than that. No, this thing is a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's totally. But it's, you don't have a you don't have a gamer chair though. Uh no, it's. I mean, that's the is, most important part of any streamer yeah, setup yeah. is the gamer chair. Yeah. By the way, I'm making fun of this. I think gamer chairs are the dumbest fucking thing. I, have you ever sat in one? Oh God, don't tell me they're good. No, Just don't. They're not. No, they're not. That's they're what I'm good. saying. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I don't garbage. get it. Okay, thank you. Thank yeah, you. I work with a bunch I have of... a Herman Miller. Listen up. Internet. Oh, God. Here we go. I have a Herman Miller Aeron chair that I customized myself. What do you mean customized? Oh. I took the arms off uh, because arms are stupid. Even though Herman Miller would be like aghast right now, he'd be like, oh no, but your ergonomics. Dude, you can, yeah, buy, you can buy those without the arms. I, I got, I I got arms right here. I got, right I got a classic Herman Miller and I took the arms off the hair this. on. See that right there? Dude, your chair is ridiculous. What is that? It, oh, this thing was like 200 bucks. It's cheap as shit. Yeah. It, Dude, it's, get a good chair. I can't. I can't afford it. So <laughs> The chair that I have was like 200 bucks and I guarantee it's better than that one. No, this one's you, really good. It, it's got like Aaron like style mesh seating and back. I and saw your chair. I thought it was like 300. You sent me the link too. Because so. you sent me the link to the first one and I bought it. That's This is your first oh, chair. That, that thing's a piece of junk. Yeah. yeah. I just, oh, I know. And I paid 200 bucks for it. And you That's just... a piece of junk. Yeah. The second one I bought, well, maybe it was more. Maybe it was more like 300 or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's well, worth it because it's essentially an Aeron chair not made by Herman Miller. I still it have that same, like oh, it has the same functionality. It's all mesh, you know, back and seating. It's adjustable the same way. It's just like a cheaper version. What? I'm what? not repeating that. <laughs> <laughs> not repeating that. Yeah, no one's going to repeat that, John Paul. That's not how that works. What? Kitchen. Um. So, do I sound as bad like right now? You sound As like I you're in a car. In recording. You sound like you sound like you're taking a, a call from your car. Is what it sounds like. Right. Because so I could switch to the. Um, let me switch and see if it sounds any better. Oh man, it's such good coffee this morning. And a shout out to our coffee sponsors this morning. <laughs> Dude, we should get blend from Costco. It is Chef's Kiss. Thank you. Just kidding. You don't have sponsors. We, I want sponsors though. Let's definitely make the first 10 minutes of every podcast about okay. sponsors. So does this sound any better? Holy shit. A thousand times better. You're in a fucking okay. studio, okay. aren't you now? You got a blanket for it up. It's like a thousand times better. Because <laughs> like, I've tried both and I feel like it always sounds terrible. You're in the bathroom, aren't you? You're If you are no, on the can, I swear to God, I will. Oh, he cut his hair. Bathrobe. Did you cut your hair? Yeah. 
Hair's I always like hair. that. He just wears a no. He just wears a he just wears a hat all the time. No, but I, I mean, I thought the last time I saw you, you had like stubbles. Like you. Well, so you're... I probably had more stubble. It's it's still stubbly. Okay. All right. So I you're, you're like a blade and get it all like aren't super you the, You're not using the Hot Wheels. What's that? It's it's so it's it's like a it's like a thing you put on your hand and it's got four wheels like Hot Wheels cars and they're all swivelly and there's blades and you just go <laughs> over your head and it doesn't cut That's you. Cool. <laughs> That sounds great. Um, yeah, no, like, Gillette makes it. It's crazy, get... and it's got like it looks like a Hot Wheels car on your hand. And, and it's I want to got... go like Mega Dome, and I just want to like shine it up and wax it and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> like I just, I just feel like I just want it to be like. Well, yeah, keep, you're gonna keep the beard that starts here. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I mean, love I love. That. I don't know how else to do it. I love it. Straight line, just like right there, and then down. Yeah. <laughs> Holy I'm not shit. a fan of that look. I think that looks a little weird. To me. John, John, what, what do you? What do you think? First of all, be? first of all, oh my what? god, dude, he's in a bathrobe with no shirt oh, on, and he's, he looks like Lex Luthor, dude. Somehow, you you're, no, he's. I mean, it, obviously, you're not overweight, but you could totally pull off you, the kingpin look right now. <laughs> you, you like a hundred percent had every ample opportunity to know what time this was today. <laughs> I want that cuddle, not, though. Not only, not he's, only, he's pouring you... coffee in his bedroom. <laughs> it's, no, this is my office, which is your bedroom. No, right? It's an office. It's not my bedroom. It's a dedicated. Oh, that, oh that's right. That's right. You guys slept in there. Yeah, that's right. Okay, all right. I'm this confusing. is also the guest room. Yeah, I understand. Um. So not only did Keith schedule this on the Super Bowl, when my team, my team, the team I am in. Is playing. <laughs> Go Niners. I didn't schedule this on the Super Bowl. We record on Sundays. That's what we said. Oh my God. I, I know. Look at this. Except but not only did you... a month where you can't do it, and then we reschedule. You insisted that we do it on, on the like I'm just saying any sane person would, would be like, oh, Super Bowl can't do it on that day. Not only did you do it that day, which I don't care about, I actually don't care that much about the Super Bowl, but what are you um... doing at 8 a.m. for the Super Bowl, John Paul. <laughs> He's making wings. <laughs> Shit. I know he's gonna go. He's, I, I guarantee, three o'clock. Gonna see some what? fucking pictures of of JP and Don driving into the redwoods. I guarantee it. Or <laughs> sitting at a winery. I'm. You I'm, know what? It'll be a perfect day for that because no one will be there. <laughs> it's like every weekend. No, I do kind of plan on watching it. Although I don't think I get. I don't have any like way to watch it. Paramount uh, Plus. Huh? Paramount Plus. Get a. I did see an ad for Google, like YouTube, where they were like, "YouTube TV is here. You can watch the Super Bowl." Yeah, you should yeah. get a antenna. antenna. Yeah, Keith. Keith, hey. he's totally right on that. I looked those mm-hmm. up, Keith. They're You're incredible. Right. I know for like yes. 15, fifteen bucks. What is that? That's a phone. That's my alarm going off to tell me to wake up for the podcast, but it, I thought it was at nine, not eight. Well, my point was not only did you schedule it for the Super Bowl, you scheduled it at eight a.m. my time, and then you questioned my commitment. We had an entire conversation about what time we could do podcasts, and we mentioned literally eleven a.m. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Time, whatever you want to say. Look, and my you're, point. We're like, my oh, point is me. I wake up early. My point is, I actually have the most commitment because I get up. At eight to do this. I can't you without a shirt on, dude. I swear to God. <laughs> like Lex Luthor, dude. My bathroom. Will you go do me a favor and grab a fucking gold chain. Just put just put a gold chain around your neck. I, I wish just I had one. I want to see it. I just want to see it. I wish I had one. All right. Well, Keith, 
looks great this morning and john paul and i are definitely I haven't showered either so. we're definitely puffy in the face i'm still in shorts <laughs> bathrobe so for our listeners john paul's wearing a bathrobe and no shirt <laughs> so great yes um <clears throat> okay uh so a couple of things uh happened since the last time we had our episode i watched uh uh, both part one and part two of and part three of Oppenheimer. You did it in three. Yeah, well, we missed the last thirty minutes. Of course you did. You fell asleep. No, we just. Got, I got to be honest, man. Fucking boring movie. So boring. Okay, I mean, yeah. which way do we want to do this? Because I mean, I I have a topic that is not really movie criticism. So no, okay. we, can, we can couch it, the it's Oppenheimer not about thing. it. But like, but if you want to like slag it for the next couple of minutes, go for it. Yeah, let's no. do that. I, I um, I, let's do the movie criticism part first too. So, Merck, you, you go. You let it in. You let into this. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Jiggy. So, so, uh, wow. There's a ton there. Um, my my biggest <clears throat> my biggest problem is that uh, you know, I I obviously took what six months to watch it. So, well, wait. Oh, you mean since like, it came out? Since it came out, yeah, yeah. So oh, I've heard. I mean, I just watched it the other week too. So here we right. go. No, no. I well, uh, so this this sort of lends my my criticism is that for six months, all I've heard is three hour movie. Um, Florence Pugh's boobs, right? Am I saying her name right? Florence Pugh. I think so. Yeah, that sounded weird, but yeah, uh, her boobs, uh, sex scenes, lame explosion. That that's all. I, that that's what everybody everybody says. That, like, and then 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 they, okay. They but what go, do you think about no, it? Then, then they go I, into. I don't care. Wait, I don't no, care. No. Like, what you think about other people think about it? What do you think about it? That's I'm, what I want to know. I'm saying that I was hesitant to watch the movie because that's all everybody talked about. They didn't talk about anything okay. else. So I'm like, oh, that's why I'm not going to watch it. So then finally we're like, well, you know, they're going to probably ask me to watch it, so let's watch it. So we sat down and watched the first hour, and I was like, okay, there's no reason for, for Florence to be in that movie at all. She did nothing to the story at all. As a matter of fact, I don't even know where she fit in the movie. She was like a mistress. And I mean, that's it. So I guarantee there was a boardroom and somebody was like, this is a really great story, but we need sex. Sex. Got to get sex in this movie somehow. Go figure it out. And that's what they did. It, 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 I doubt it, that. It lent nothing. And like the, 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 how, how it was graphic and everything. Like, I don't think anybody tells no one like what to put in his movies. Why? But what? At this like, point. Well, that's okay. the problem. What was her significance of that part? Well, it's a personal story about him. If it's like a biopic about him, it's a thing that happened to him. Wait, do they pronounce it biopic or biopic? I think it's biopic, but I don't know. Biopic. Yeah. Ooh, I like this. Like a this biography, right? A biography picture, biopic. Yeah, that's I thought it was I guess biopic. So. Well. If it's biopic, Bio. that's fine. Look, don't don't play this off, Keith. This is the semantics department. We must call you on all semantics. <laughs> I guess I'm saying I don't know. I feel like I've just always seen it. I've never heard somebody say it, I guess. Mm. Yeah. I've always thought it would be biopic, biopic so like yeah. a biography picture. You might be right. Mm-hmm. But like, um, if that was, like in some ways I agree with you, in some ways I don't. Like, I think it's fine to have that in the story about him because it's something that affected him. And it's it's kind of a strange story about him. And it, it plays into the um, sort of, communist socialist stuff that's going on you know about his story because like you know they wanted to like paint him in in a certain way and his relationship with this woman is one of the reasons one of the ways in which they painted him as like a communist and stuff like that 
So yeah, he got he got wrapped up you know, with a bunch of like college thinking, well, you know, free spirited thinking. Thing was that they was that he was gay? What? No. Did I not see this movie? What's going you, on here? You didn't. See, you didn't see this movie. You saw if, Oppenheimer. If, if you said, I did. If you think Oppenheimer was gay? Then you did not watch the same movie that well, I weren't watched. Weren't they saying that he was or something? Well, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I might have missed. I don't know about that. that. I don't know about that. Uh, there, there, are, there are ways to talk about uh, consensual non-marital relationships without that. And I thought it was completely unnecessary because the story is about his personal life and how he dealt with being a brilliant scientist who was, you know, coveted with all of this communism around him that he really yeah. probably just thought like the concept of it sounds kind of cool, but I, I'm not, I'm not affiliated with a party. I have nothing to do with politics. And I thought that was really an interesting story. I knew nothing about the whole communist movement and how it happened. I'd like to even know more about it, but seeing that, that scene where they're sitting in the chairs and they're like, practically masturbating together and then there's a couple scenes where you know she's on top of them and i'm like i don't need to see this yeah. like it yeah it, I mean, trust me i love porn I, I'm, I'm just like this is weird i don't i don't understand like i mean i like i mean they're completely gratuitous i agree with you i i think it's fine to have her in the movie though like i i think her character and that storyline is good in the movie but like your question was like why is she even in this movie that's what i was answering yes i'm sorry like, like you're sort of like yeah i i didn't mean to say I, that. you know what i mean like i'm gonna redact that Okay, so like, why is why like, why is her nudity? My, and my yeah, question is, that's why one is her of the flaws that I see in it too. I just think they're like gratuitous scenes, and the thing I hate the most, right, about those scenes is that this is the point in which they choose to have him sort of say his famous quote from the uh, what is it, Bhagavad Gita? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And like, this is when they choose to have him say it instead of like in the like interview in which everybody knows it from right and yeah, it's like i didn't know anything about you're this saying guy. that like they're doing this thing where they're basically equating like you know um bombs with sex right yeah. which is yeah. like the most trite like thing in the world that has been done a billion times in movies so, so I like didn't, i didn't know that part a... of it i thought was pretty lame but like i kind of like the side story with her because it sort of showed his involvement in this sort of nascent communist movement i guess yeah fair right because i mean that so so that that's what i meant by i want to redact that i meant she's historically known for being uh you know op open-minded about her body which is fine and it just feels like talking about the actress now the actress yes florence yes. and they're like yep we're gonna pick her because she's gonna get naked on camera just I don't know. That's just what it felt like to me when I saw it because that's all everybody talks about. I'm like, you're going to discredit a three hour movie because well, I don't know of who you're two... listening to about it. Well, <laughs> but like, well, I mean, part... they seem to be very fixated on this one like aspect of it, which is you know probably three minutes of a three hour movie. Right. That was my point because I have a 13 year old well, son that yeah. beat the shit out of me for months because I wouldn't let him see it because of that i'm like i don't want you to, i just don't want you to see it like you're, why did he want to see it because yeah. all of his yeah. friends saw it mm, okay. this is the thing they, here, here's the thing he wants uh, he he feels that he's been left out of the bucket list why do kids want to see this movie because my of, question. because of like because of the memification of barbenheimer right so uh, okay. so they saw barbie and then they're like, now nah, I'm going to go see Oppenheimer. And they did. A lot of his friends did it. I'm just, I was just like, no, I don't. First of all, you're not going to sit through a three-hour movie. You can't sit through an Barbenheimer hour. Barbenheimer thing is like the dumbest shit ever. What's that? I can't imagine a, a 
13 year old sitting through Oppenheimer. I know. I don't know. His friends did. I, I can name three of okay. his friends that went and their and their parents took him. And I'm just like, ooh, that's kind of weird. And so then I finally yeah. saw it and I'm like, yeah, those scenes were pretty heavy. Emil would have been so squirrely. He gets so Dude, squirrely. I would never I never wanted to watch any movie. Like if there was ever a movie on with my what I was watching with my parents and the, the sex scene came on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. crazy uncomfortable. Yeah. Never wanted to see that. Did, yeah. did I ever did I ever tell you guys that when I was thirteen, my mom took me to the season or the, the premiere of the opening night of Porky's? <laughs> <laughs> You What's want to talk that? about the most uncomfortable? So <laughs> weird. My, I didn't say my mom was the best person. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Coolest movie my parents ever took me to was Terminator 2. Oh, nice. Nice. That was awesome. I don't know. Oppenheimer, I thought it was good. Um, I want to know more about the communist movement. I thought it was uh, good. Come on. It was a good movie. Was like travesty. It, it, that it that movie's... Okay, here's my review. Okay. I mean, Jumbo's wrong. By, I mean, just, just, just to put this out here, Jumbo's so wrong. Bad. The explosion was, was was weak, I know, but I don't know. Who cares? I, I thought it was poetic. Dude, who cares? Jesus. Okay, let me let me get into this for a All second. Right, I'll try to keep it short. No, no, you won't. Unlike this movie, this was the most boring, heinous, drivelly pile of crap I've ever seen. I went, unlike you guys, to see it in IMAX. Ooh. Okay. Oh, you were my buddy was like oh, okay. my buddy was like, hey, Oppenheimer, it's gonna be sweets in IMAX. So I was like, okay, I don't go to move, I don't go to theaters very often. All right. Right. So I take my my time, my highly valuable, most most valuable resource I have, drive out to this movie theater, give them a lot of money to see it in IMAX. And I'm sitting in this giant in front of this giant screen. And what am I presented with? Killian Murphy's Moby face in close-up for for just scene after scene, just just staring like forlornly into the camera the plot is completely just bungled like so mangled like it's all over the place it makes no there's no real sense like they don't really explore at all his any any like dilemma that he struggles with they they do it by like injecting these visions yeah that, that was so like it was a screensaver it does not it does not work at all because you, you what it does it, it does something that i kind of appreciate a little bit the attempt is like that they don't they assume that the audience knows the subject matter they assume that everyone's going to be like sort of familiar with like that he was maybe conflicted about this and then they like they put that on screen by kind of like like putting these visions up and like that's how they represent the conflict, but they never address it at all. Like he doesn't talk about it. Like it's they don't they don't he doesn't wrestle with it in any kind of like character way. It's Killian Murphy looking mopey, having visions, and then and then the procedural stuff where they're like actually working on the Trinity, the Manhattan Project, is just not stitched together in any coherent way. Like it's not. So you don't you can't get into the procedurals of like these dynamics of these different scientists. They have these scenes that are just disjointedly out of nowhere where they they sort of have they talk about stuff that you just have no idea what what how how it matters or how it fits in. And then they intersperse this trial throughout the whole thing that is like of no consequence. You know, it's just like it's like there's no it's not like some big deal or something. It's a they know it's predetermined from the outset. It's just kind of like happening. It's hard to care about it. Like and the romance stuff is all you like your mercury criticism's correct. It's it's just gratuitously and pointless in the film. Well, who's so the, the one on the horse? What's it's, so that, it's, who's the hold person? on? I, I I'm getting to a I'm working up to a point here. Oh sure. So, so so 
and so it's it's killing mercy's face looking mopey these kind of pointless visions uh, uh bad procedural bad character development and uh, like a, a bad romance and like bad everything and it's forever it's so long and i'm sitting in this imax theater and i go okay just i gotta get to the trinity test at least that'll be cool i'm here in an imax theater i'm gonna i'm gonna see and this is nolan it's gonna be fucking cool i'm gonna see the trinity te- the trinity test is fucking cool okay so visually and what do they do what do they fucking do they're they sh- they the bomb goes off and they show people's faces getting a flashlight shined on them and then they show a big orange ball of fire that Nolan set off with a gasoline can. Nolan, I'm just, if he was on the podcast right now, I'd look him in the eyes and I'd call him an asshole for this. He decided that he was such a cool guy that he was going to subvert everyone's expectations and use a practical effect for the Trinity test. The Trinity test. The one thing on the whole planet that you cannot do with a practical effect. And so he got a big tank of gas and he lit it on fire and it looked like shit and he realized it right away, but he had no choice. And so what did they do? They cropped in on it. So you just, you're looking at a big orange flame and, and like, I swear to God, I have seen better explosions on the Dukes of Hazard. Okay. And I'm, I am not fucking kidding. This is the first thing. And I had no preconceptions. I, I don't watch trailers. I don't read reviews. I didn't listen to people. I didn't know. I would, had no preconception that anyone was saying the explosion was weak. Okay, or anything like that. I was just like there for it at this IMAX screen. And I I almost just like took a dump and walked out of the movie theater right there. Like I was just so angry at that point. So this was this was definitely the worst movie ever made in the in the past 20 years. If if Fear of the Best, this is the worst. There's just no question about it. And like like, I walked out of the film and I told my buddies, I was like, okay, listen, everyone needs to go watch. The, the opening, one of the scenes from um, the reboot of Twin Peaks. Uh, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Wait, what? Right. Which Twin Peaks, the, the reboot of Twin Peaks has the Trinity test in it. It's not a reboot, nothing. but whatever. Uh-huh. It's not a reboot, but it's a sequel. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the 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 uh, the follow-up to Twin Peaks has, has a Trinity test in it. And it is the most impactful, most impressive version of this event. And the score for it is hauntingly amazing. And it's just, it's just the coolest fucking thing. Like, and like, if they had just put that up on the IMAX screen or whatever, I would have been a happy camper. You know what I mean? But like, like Nolan decided to do this practical effect thing. It's just, just, just the hubris of it, of Nolan's decision is just galling, you know, and insulting and terrible. Like I, this was just, there was, there's just no redeeming quality to this movie whatsoever. That is my review. How much did you pay? Million thumbs down. This, how much did you pay to see this movie? I don't know. It was like fifty bucks or something. Whatever they charge out here to go Jesus. see the IMAX. I paid six ninety nine for it. Maybe I don't have I as don't much know. invested in it as you do, but like, I just wanted to know why he never lit his pipe. He smoked a pipe a couple of times. There was never a single puff of smoke that came out of his mouth or the pipe. Yet he smoked cigarettes not. like a fiend. And I'm like, I want to see him smoke a pipe. I don't. It just bothered me. It totally bothered me. Not one single puff came. A uh, smoke came you out guys of that. Watch thing. movies in a way different way than I do. <laughs> You, get, you guys get so hung up on like little things in movies that this is not a little thing I'm talking about. It's the climax of the film. It's the whole the whole thing that the movie works up to. 
and, and make you anticipate, you know? I mean, I don't like, you know, I took the movie to be sort of like an examination of him, not the events. Yeah, but sure. Yeah, it was about his life. It, it's about him and about how he like got to this point, what drove him and how he felt about it afterwards. What drove him? Are you sure? Like I, I talked about this. They, they did not explore his character at all. Like, like it was just him, like you said, just kind of mopily staring into the camera. And then like they, they had these visions representing his, 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 uh, his interpersonal internal conflict. But that was it. Terrible. Who's the woman in the horse? Uh, Okay. I like the movie for the most part. Uh, my criticisms were, I think the first act is kind of a mess because of the like switching around. Um, the I kind of agree with the trial. I think it contextualizes sort of like what happened to him though. Um, and it kind of like is a frame for the story. So that sort of worked for me, but I feel like it was like a little bit too much emphasis on Strauss's like story. Um, but, uh, my biggest criticism for the movie though, is that I think the score is terrible <laughs> and like, um, it was bothering me the whole time that it was sort of like a thriller sort of like score in a movie that's not a thriller. And I think that might be like tonally what's jarring about the movie is that like, it's setting you up for this, like thriller style movie by the way the score does it but it's not like it's 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 much more of like a meditative movie right so like i'm watching the credits as they come up and of course you know it gets to uh you know music by and i was expecting it to be han zimmer who does like a lot of nolan's movies right but no it was ludwig Jorensen or whatever his name is the guy that does like all these like marvel and star wars things now and i was like oh okay that explains why this why the score was completely tonally jarring because that's his like bread and butter essentially is like these sort of like mm. interestingly composed but um kind of hype soundtracks they're not they're not very like um subtle <laughs> in any way and like that was the thing that bugged me the most about the movie is that I was like, okay, I like, I, I like the performances. I like sort of this odd structure that they have. I, I like that it's like doing this holistic kind of view to try to get you into this person's head. And but then it was like all wrapped up in this like you know dun 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 dun, 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 dun. and it's just like oh boy, like this is not the right sound for this movie at all. Like, yeah, I, it's interesting. I didn't notice the score at all. Normally, that stuff would bug me. I just oh I don't... My, that's so crazy. I thought that this would like drive you insane. Well, I hated I the movie. Like drive you insane. So maybe the score the score didn't do any favors. I guess. Yeah, um, that's interesting. So I I brought up like some details that were bothering me, and I think you said I don't like you. You watch a movie way different than I do, and then here you yeah, are, this like, was like the entire like the score no, is I, the I, entire I, movie. It's not like I know. An explosion or some gratuitous scene. No, it's it's, like no, 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 you, gonna, nailed, you nailed he, exactly you're, what you're you're wrong. The explosion <laughs> is not like some ancillary detail in the film. Okay. It's a film about the Manhattan Project. It's not no, though. it's not, it's not no. about the Manhattan Project. It's it, about it, Oppenheim. Well, 
It's it's the governance of his relationships. You're you're trying to watch this movie as if it's about the Manhattan Project. And, I guess that would have been and, just and a the billion bomb. times better movie. Well, the, okay, watch the Manhattan Project. <laughs> just watch but, the Manhattan but, Project. It's you know, like like look, Manhattan Project, Oppenheimer. Don't care if you're gonna make a movie about him. You got to put the Trinity test in it. I I, I demand it. It okay. must happen. And if you're gonna show the friggin' film in IMAX, you know there's gonna be a big bomb. And uh, they they I fumbled think, it. I think that's your problem. It's like the biggest I mean, fumble. In if you would have six ninety nine for it on Apple impressed TV, impressed by it, but it didn't bother me. In a lot of ways, I think the more the bolder choice would have been just to not show it, just to show everybody's reaction. That would have been bold, certainly. I definitely wanted my money back then. If you paid five ninety nine on Apple TV in IMAX and just show close just ups of Killian or whatever his name is, okay. did I get it right? Sure. Sure. I'm sure he's going to call you JP. I don't or need John to see Paul the pores on his nose in IMAX. You know what I mean? Well, you did, and that's your problem. I know I did. I won my time. Back. I didn't have that problem. I was like, I paid six bucks for it. It was fine. I was like, yeah, the yeah. movie was all right. Very bad. I actually thought it was. I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's like Nolan's best movie by any means, but like. By the way, um, I also watched, or I started watching Tinker Tailor Soldier Soldier Spy. Nice. Don't yeah. sidetrack. Oh no no, well, our, no it's oh, fine. You, we, we, we're going on Oppenheimer. We, I don't, yeah, we're done with Oppenheimer. I'm done with it. We're not done with it. I, okay. Nobody will answer my question. Who's John the Paul on all this crap? I hate this. Who? <laughs> Every time John Paul wants to move on or something, you're like, yeah, we're fine. Let's let's just go move on. Keith. <laughs> all right, <laughs> Keith. All right, Keith. Drop, the drop it. What, what what more you got? Well, the reason I actually even put this on the board and wanted to talk about it, like, was that ah. I was struck by the whole movie in terms of like the way we've been talking about like ai stuff for a while and i was like this feels really analogous to like the conversation about ai right now where mm -hmm. you know you have like a lot of people very cons you know very sort of focused on the science and the technology part of it and they're um not really grappling with the like should we do it <laughs> They're like very focused on how do we do this, you know, and we have to do this because somebody else is going to do it first. Right. But they're not really concerned with the should we or like, how do we make sure that this is like safe and stuff? And the thread that I found really interesting in Oppenheimer was like the whole chain reaction thread where they're like, we did these calculations and there's a possibility. There's like a non-zero possibility that it'll just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> like you know what i mean and then of course like there's the sort of i don't know if it's invented but probably invented scene with einstein where it's like you know it did keep going like the chain reaction did keep happening basically because we invented this thing and you know all this pro proliferation and now we're all under the threat of these weapons um it's like something to consider or something that struck me in this conversation about AI stuff. And it's like, maybe it's sort of like a AI doomer like viewpoint or whatever, but it's like, if we don't stop and think like, you know, how do we make sure that this doesn't get out of hand, you know, in the future, then we will be, cons we will be sort of under the same threat that we are from Mm -hmm. yeah no, that, that's brilliant i didn't even i didn't catch that and then as soon as you said it, it totally checks out like anyway it, that's why i wanted to put it on the very, board i didn't really want to do a movie critique because like you know no it's meta right three guys five opinions basically but you know well the um uh i'm trying to think of like examples where 
like the world has asked this should we question and then like not done something. Um, there are probably not many, but I think one is is um, human cloning and mm. like human genome like hacking and stuff like that. Like yeah. most most countries have kind of agreed like to be very careful with that at, at if not just like not do it. Um, like think, a, I, I think, think it's been done. Well, I don't know. There, there was a story a couple of years ago about this guy in China who like did something that got everyone very upset. I'm trying to remember what he did. Um, did he clone a human? What did he, he clone someone? I don't know. That's just fascinating. Um, so who's the girl on the horse? No one's going to answer me, are they? Who's the what? There's a scene. Okay, so <clears throat> two things that I didn't understand about the film. Oh, so so sorry. Back to this um, Chinese scientist. He, 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 <laughs> it's gonna be like he, four times you hear me ask this question and nobody answers. He edited the genomes. <laughs> he edited the genomes using CRISPR. CRISPR, yeah. On okay. human. Okay. Um, and like the whole scientific community got like very upset with him, and like it was a big scandal. And I think yeah, and I, I think it's like most countries have like, if not all, have have kind of agreed that this is not something we we're allowed to do right now. Um, and so I, it's maybe the one example I can think of where like people asked, like, should we do this even though we can? And the answer was kind of no. And like the, the risks are very high for that. Cause like once you introduce changes to the genome, it makes it into the gene pool and like alters sure. the future forever. And like, like they sort of don't know what can happen. So, um, it can be done, you know, sort of it's not like some people, I think it's common to kind of say like, well, humans have this tendency to like, if we can do something we do and you can't really stop it. And, and yeah, other people around the world are going to make these advanced AIs. So we have to also do it. Right. Um, but you know, the world can decide that the dangers, like the, the, the dangers outweigh the, outweigh the benefits. Who's the chick on the horse? I don't understand this question. Yeah, what are you talking about? Okay, so in the movie, we oh, see, in the movie we see, what's his name? Kill, Killen? Oppenheimer. Okay, all right. So yeah, we see we see Oppenheimer. Stop referring to the guy by his actor's name and just say the character. I mean, the only reason I did that is that the actor himself was part of the thing that ruined the movie for me. I like okay. that actor well okay. enough, but so in the in the beginning of the movie, and th this is my biggest criticism, is that the jumps did not honor the timeline. So the jumps were going back and forth between color and black and white, which would indicate going backwards. But they actually jumped forward oh. in black and white. That happened a ton. I, I kept seeing mm -hmm. that. I'm like, yeah, the, the framing of the movie, the, mm -hmm. the trial is all in black and white. Yeah, but there's also the intro where he gets hired at the university, and that's in black and white. Is that so you're. Black and white? Yeah, yeah, because he walks okay. up out of the car, and it's an old vehicle. Kind of, I think it's like everything that's not in the like chronological timeline. Sure, but, but so this is this is relevant mm -hmm. to my question. So he gets out of the car, and he said, "You know, where's your wife?" And he's like, or he says something about you have a wife and kids. Or he said, "Yeah, I have a wife and two children." So I'm like, "Oh, he's married." I, I didn't know that. Then he's at this party, and he meets Florence. So I'm like, "Okay, so she's a mistress," and then we later see her suicide herself i don't know i thought i saw someone's hands pushing her in the tub well, did she, okay, did so she... 
So, like I said, like, I, this, I'm the one that's confused. So in, in terms of like the timeline, like he meets her first. Oh, he meets her See, first. That's what I'm saying. It was in color okay. when he meets her. So he, but then... yeah, he, so he meets her first. They start a relationship, but like she's kind of noncommittal. And right. then and then he meets Emily Blunt. They start a relationship and they decide to get married. And that's right. like when he basically sort of like cuts it off with Gene Tatlock. Is it? But but so he's walking out of a car to the university. Like that's he's... a different university, though. Ah, that's where I probably got confused. I'm like, oh, because he's like, I've got a wife and two kids, and it's in black and white. And then we go to color, the, and right. he's at a party. So that's, that's the por- mm, so that's the portion with um, Robert Downey Jr. That's yes. the American yeah. Institute or whatever. So got he okay. was trying. He's on the board of the governors or something of that. Yeah, yeah. Institute, and he was trying to get Oppenheimer to join it. Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. So then, then later on in the movie, we see Florence Pugh. She commits suicide, or does somebody kill her? Because I, I swear. Also, thought that I sort of saw a gloved hand during yeah, that. I did too. And I d- I don't know if it was like the thing you have to remember about it is a lot of it is. If you look at it from if you look at the movie from his perspective, from Oppenheimer's perspective, everything else is sort of like his perception of those events, right? So he thinks that maybe somebody killed her because she's a communist. I mean, he might have some paranoia or something about it, but like I don't know. I'd have to go back and like look to see if that's just sort of like a trick of the light or whatever, and it's not actually like in the frame, but like. It's interesting you said that because, like, I feel like I saw the same thing. Yeah, I was like, I was like, she, she looks like she's putting her head in water to suffocate herself, and then I'm like, that's what and it looks there's like, a, yeah. yeah. Then, then you see a hand and struggle, like, right, I'm, and like all she's do is lift her head up. Uh, she's struggling. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know what that was about. Yeah. So then, 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 in a, almost around that same time, there's a scene where he meets this woman, and then he's now in Montana on a horse, riding a horse with her, mm-hmm. and she gets off the horse, and they obviously hooked up. That was Emily Blunt. That's the woman he marries. Oh, wow. Totally confused. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, movie, yeah. <laughs> the movie does not make any sense. And what, what, the, about, the, the, what about the baby oh. they gave up? That was with Florence? Uh, no, don't. No. Don't this terrible. Was, no. No. So he, so he meets Emily Blunt. They get married. They have a child. She's an alcoholic. And, like, they basic, he basically says, like, can you watch this child? Because, like, we can't have them at right. home. Right. right. And I think I think they like go back and get the child. There's no point okay. in trying to figure out what's going on. And, and look, if you go to the Wikipedia. I don't know. I followed it pretty well. I, like, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I know, but you, you know me. I, I get distracted and I My start. My point is that kind of. I, it, I'm not I, saying. I'm not. That's not a criticism of anybody who saw it. I'm just sort of saying that like. You can follow the plot. Well, look, you, maybe you can, but my, my point, the point I'm making is more like it's it doesn't matter because it doesn't fit together nicely. It's not like an intricate plot where you gotta like know everything that happens. It just it's just kind of like who cares about it, I guess, is my point. That if you go to Wikipedia and read the plot synopsis, it's like 10 paragraphs that just list the facts of history. Yeah. Because the plot is like so irrelevant and so bad in this film that like they don't even bother to like be like, well, here's the here's what the film explores. They just go in 1926, you know, he he like figured out they could weaponize this and they meet up with these guys and they do this. And then there's this trial like it like the the, the, the Wikipedia entry for this movie is literally just like, OK, let, let's just list the actual historical events in order. <laughs> they, they, they completely ignore whatever garbage the, the film tried to do. 
but um so yeah. bad movie a million thumbs down i'm glad we all agree okay good. Um, let's let's move on yeah there's a lot of good topics in here so i started watching tinker taylor and i just want to say i, I only made it about halfway through i don't think it's a terrible film but it seemed struck me as extremely generic spy thriller <laughs> um, i have no idea why you guys I think this is a great this. movie at all like it just it just like did nothing for me i'm probably gonna finish it i guess that's but, too bad. Um, i like that definitely didn't grip me i thought it was really good yeah bummer what's that spy show we're watching keith um we are watching well we've talked about it it's like very it's current like it's still coming out it's called like black dogs or slow horses slow horses slow horses is is like um very similar right because it's like these old retired i should probably um, i gotta go slow horses is on apple Okay. Mm-hmm. Slow Horses is great. I recommend it a thousand times, Dan. Slow uh, Horses is good, and 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 it's it, it's very similar to Tinker Taylor, and Slow Horses is also same super- actor. <laughs> same actor? Wait, yes. really? Yes. Oh shit! It's I didn't Gary realize. Oldman, who oh damn! Oppenheimer. I, I didn't realize Gary Oldman because he he looks so disheveled in Slow Horses, and like right. he's like, I don't know if he's wearing a fat suit or if he actually got fat. Look, everything we've talked about has Gary Oldman in common. Um, <laughs> well, Gary Oldman is great, okay, and he's good in Tinker Taylor. I'm not saying that Tinker Taylor is bad. I'm just like it struck me as like not special, like kind of generic. See, this is what I mean. I feel like people watch movies and stuff in a way different way. But well, I, you know, I I don't I don't need it to be special. But it, if it's going to be on a top five of twenty years, it needs to be special. Yeah. So. You know, I, I, I like I'm not saying it's bad. It, it didn't super draw me in because I didn't I didn't even I didn't finish it, which is annoying because I rented it on Amazon. So now I have to rent <laughs> it again if I want to finish it. Nice. It's weird, it's weird because like I feel like you don't really like the craft of like stories and filmmaking. Well, no, I, I can appreciate it if it's very tight and like it, it you know, like there's definitely some movies I like because of the aesthetic more than anything, you know, like I'm a huge Blade Runner fan. That's probably my, my favorite all time movie. Never saw the, most, the original. You never saw Blade Runner. No. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> that explains a lot actually, because like it, it, it's sort of like, it's such a, it's such a reference point for me for things that I think are like, I don't know, like a cool aesthetic and stuff like that. And like, if you haven't seen it all, like, Somebody torn at it and gave it to me, the director's cut, and it's still sitting on my NAS somewhere. Do not watch the director's cut. Oh, okay. Ridley Scott is another asshole who who like made a bunch of great movies and then like completely fucked them no, up. I like, think the director's cut is the one you want to watch. No. No, the one you don't want to watch is the original theatrical release where they put that, like the narration and shit incorrect. on it. Incorrect. <laughs> wrong. So so the quick. director's cut is trash. I mean, we don't this is what? not maybe oh god do we do we want to talk about this probably not we probably don't want to get into this yeah, but okay. so, uh, just the short version is this, that is a, this is a very weird take ridley scott is is like worse than lucas in terms of like coming back and like like revamping his his original film so wait which is the version you like i like the three theatrical release way better the one with the narration yes Holy shit, John Paul. So the narration is not particularly... It's I don't so care. fucked up because everybody hates that version. 
No. It, yes. Look, everybody is wrong. Okay. This is and like, like your favorite movie, and you hate the worst version, or you no. like the worst version of it. That's so, so, so fucking jumble. So, so listen, the, the 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 narration is not what I care about. Okay. Like I get that some people think it's campy. It 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 it, it doesn't. It, it's the first version I saw, so I'm partial to it. Maybe. <laughs> Okay. I, I don't, but I don't care about it. I'm not like, oh, the narration's what I like or whatever, because they only really do it in the in the in the beginning to set up the film, and it's just there. And and, and like, I I would understand it if what you did. don't like. I know what you don't like. Uh, what do you think? I don't. Like? You don't like the um, like the horse's dream. Yeah, the the oh, unicorn dream and, sequence. And and why? Don't because I like? it implies that he's an android. Replicant is the word of replicant. Um, so, so you've nailed, you don't like that. You've, you've nailed it. Okay. okay. So the final so, cut is, is revered as the best version to watch. That may be true. And I'm not sure I've seen the final cut, and it but it introduces like, the full length unicorn dream sequence. Oh God. So, okay. <laughs> this, this is, this is the thing. Okay. Really Scott. This is, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. Really Scott's an asshole for this. And like, like I, I kind of hate his guts. Like, even though he's, he's made like my favorite film of all time. So here's what happened. Okay. The movie is based on a book called Do Android Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. Okay. And that book really goes into this idea that Deckard might be a replicant. And it's like, it's a big theme. There's this whole like second world that exists in that book that he uncovers. And 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 like he they play with that a lot in that book. The film, when it the original version does not have that at all at all there is no even just the slightest hint that deckard is a replicant okay and and it's not the point of the film in, in any way it's it's about you know whatever it's about what it's about but then because the fans are are nerds and they they know about the book they inject after the movie came out they injected a bunch of like theories fan theories that deckard was a replicant and then Ridley Scott then releases his director's cut, which re-adds one thing, this unicorn dream sequence that makes a connection to Gantz, um, or what's his, the uh, Edward James Olmos' character, like Origami, where where it shows a, a unicorn in, in Deckard's dream, which, by the way, is recycled footage from that Tom Cruise fantasy movie. It's It was not Legend? even... From, is it from Legend? Yes. That's funny. So... So, so Ridley Scott took took a scene from Legend, stuck it in the director, the so-called director's cut, meaning it was never there, never ever there in the first place. He added it to stoke this fan theory, and for some God knows why reason, I don't know why he did this. And he went on interviews and shit later and said like, "Oh yeah, you know, we don't know. Deckard might be a replicant," and like it was just the stupidest garbage ever, and it completely ruins the point of the movie. And like it, it's just bad, 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 bad. So and he, I, makes it, he made the movie more accurate to the novel. And no, he, not in any way, because the it's a big theme in the novel. And I think he made a good choice in the original to remove all that. And like he he adapted it to not deal with that part of it. It made a tighter movie, you know, to not have that in there. Because it changes really? it changes the whole point of the film, if that's what you're doing. What he did it changes the whole point of it. What's that? I don't think it, it changes. Does. I don't think it changes the whole point of it. No, no, no. Okay. The whole point of Blade Runner, I mean, the plot of Blade Runner is that a human android hunter 
falls in love with an android who has false memories, who thinks she's a human for a while until she finds out otherwise. And he he finds his humanity because he's a film noir, you know, archetype. No spoilers. Well, Murky, close your ears if you don't actually plan on watching this thing. I, so, I edit so this. look, it, this movie came out in the friggin' '80s. I think we're well beyond no spoilers territory. I, okay, so, so, fair, fair. Anyway, it's it's a it's a it's a redemptive story of this film noir archetype who who had lost his humanity, who rediscovers it by fi- falling in love with one of his quarry, a fault, a, a, a synthetic human. And then they go off, and that that's the end of the movie. That that's like the point of Blade Runner. If you add this thing where Deckard might be a replicant, then you're dealing with this like, well, what does it mean to be human? Angle, which is in Blade Runner, but uh, you're dealing with it much more directly by making it part of the protagonist's path to discovery and his all this other stuff. So it really does change like the the point of the movie. And and Ridley Scott did not make the film more accurate to the source by adding a, a recycled unicorn footage. He he just he just kind of like gave the fans a little tidbit of like like service to to one of their fan theories, right? And then furthermore, and that's all he did. And it doesn't it doesn't work in the film at all. It's 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 like what the fuck? Like this was not part of the like Deckard is not dealing with this on any level. He doesn't ever question it at all. There's one line where Rachel goes like, you know, have you ever thought you might be a replicant or whatever? And he shrugs it off and is completely not what the film deals with. So, so then on top of this stupid recycled footage that he adds, he goes on interviews around that time and s- hints like, oh, yeah, maybe he's a replicant. We don't know. Do, do, do. I let the viewer decide, which is complete fucking bullshit. Like he, that was never the point of the film. And then I am again vindicated. Why? Because the new Blade Runner movie, 2049, that came out, ignores all that bullshit and completely the entire point of that film is that Deckard and Rachel gave birth to a human replicant hybrid. That is the MacGuffin of that movie. The whole oh, wait. So just hold on a second. How does that movie vindicate it? I just said it. What do you mean? It was written like afterwards. How would you? How? How did your logic? Well, work well, well Ridley Scott something was that involved. was already made. Well, remember what we're what we're discussing is how Ridley Scott, like Lucas style, went and fucked around with his original movie, and and like tried but to something made after can't vindicate something that came before. It can because Ridley Scott was involved in in uh producing 2049 and like signed off on the plot and and like helped wrote write it and everything and he he was just like <laughs> remember that bullshit we did no uh fuck that the point of this movie is is Deckard was a human the entire point you know like so so it, it's it's as vindicating as I can be vindicated by by Ridley Scott who 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 created all this bullshit in the first place um so so wait, so now you like him? No, I don't like him for doing this at all. And and the director's cut is the ver this this sort of dist- bastardized like. So you like, discount what he said originally, but now you count what he says now. What matters? What matters to me is what is in the original release, and I don't think you should come back and tinker with what? it. No, fuck, man. Look, look, look! It is a near perfect film. You're, you're okay. just like cherry picking the parts that like you agree with. Well, I look. I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of people coming back and revisiting 
films and like kind of tinkering with them later. Like I, I don't really like it. It's also bullshit to call it a director's cut when that I guarantee he did. It's not that this unicorn scene was cut. It was added. Right. So a director's cut is like if a director felt and they don't really do these anymore in this way, but the original idea was like, you know, a director had this like edit that they really liked, but the film, the, the production company or whatever, the studio was like, look, you got to get this down under two hours or whatever. And they had to cut a bunch of stuff. So then, then director's cuts like, hey, look, this is the one I I would rather released. And I that would be great. That's not what that's not what the the Blade Runner director's cut is. And the the problem is that okay, look, it's it's just like Han shooting first. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's that's it's why hard. I compared it to Lucas. In the original film, Solo is more of a scoundrel because he shoots Greedo in cold blood. And then Lucas, when his brain went soft had to make Greedo shoot first to make Han more virtuous. And unfortunately, that is the version that gets into the pantheon that everyone sees. You can't find the original version anymore. And that's the same with Blade Runner. The, the director's cut is the version that you find everywhere. And I don't know what's in the final edit. I'm not certain. Um, and But I, it probably has the stupid unicorn in it. And so everyone thinks like, oh, yeah, he's toying with, you know, he, it's so sophisticated. He made Decker, you know, he's making us question whether Decker's a replicant or not, which is completely just hamstrings the film. Like, it's not the point of the movie at all. So it just, I just hate it for that reason, you know, Narr narration or no, which I don't dislike the narration, but whatever. And it's, it's really only in the opening scene, honestly. Yeah, I don't know, John Paul. Dude, I kind of feel like you're a little bit wrong about these versions of Blade Runner. I, I feel it like because, because the theatrical cut is different than the original cut. Um, like, like you seem to think that like the theatrical cut is the original cut, and it's not the th cut that was made after like testing it and stuff. Well, maybe I. Well, I, I, the original cut never got released, right? No, they had like a work print that was like shown to preview audiences. Okay, sure. And, Fine. Then, and then based on that, it was cut into the theatrical cut. Okay. What's your point? I don't know. Uh, that doesn't change. I, I think your sequence of events is a little bit off where you think that like he inserted this stuff based on what oh, fans. Said. I am certain of it. Okay. I'm certain of it. That that I know to be true. Like it's not it's not like it's not the the when was legend made? When was legend made? I don't know. I'll bet you it's after friggin' Blade Runner. I don't know. You see, it's Tom Cruise. We should move on from this though. Okay. I, I agree. I did. I did not intend to get into it, but you, okay. you baited. Me. Nobody baited you into this one. <laughs> you, yeah, nineteen eighty six was legend. Nobody debated. No, you baited me. No. Okay, listen, Blade Runner was 1982. Legend was 1986. Point proven. Mic drop. Okay. <laughs> this shit was added, added, not cut. And it, 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 look, it matters to me. It's, it's, it's literally my favorite movie, and and similar to Star Wars, A New Hope, which was kind of a big. I loved it. The director came back and fucked with it later and changed a, a integral part. It made it worse. Clearly worse. And and that's the version everyone's now stuck with in both cases, which pisses me off. Lucas and, and Ridley Scott are both assholes for doing this.
like an artist wouldn't do this, you know. They got smooth brain. They got smooth. <laughs> I, I don't use that term. <laughs> I think Keith, I used to use it a little bit and Keith like gave me a hard time about it. Yeah, once. yeah, yeah. It's a coin term that the right uses. All right, but you're right. We we shouldn't talk about this anymore. Even though I could I could just endlessly go on about it. But um, what yeah. else? I see a lot of blue on the board, so I'm gray. Is that? Well, I'm gray, so there's more blue you, than gray. You were, before we got into this, you were talking about how like you you had stuff you wanted to chat yeah. about. I, I got the generational language barriers. Do it. That, that's that's mine. Okay. Well, I started out with Oppenheimer, so I, I feel oh, like okay. I feel Keith, like I, I was smart. It just says Keith is not fun. <laughs> yeah, Keith, I, I said that before you you joined. I said Keith just he is fun. He just chooses to read from the book of no fun. <laughs> the description says how Keith isn't fun. Proposals to reduce Keith's presence. How not to how to not listen to Keith. And then what the fuck it says? I I Love put that this. there this morning. I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> I, he's he's Wait, responding what, about the debate that we had this week about time, which he does not want to talk about anymore. Mm. Okay, so this is like a little internal fight that's going on. I, well, right? it's because it's because your I stance. I mean, I'm not needed. It's fine. No, that's yeah. not. See, that's the thing. He took it that way. That's not what I said. I I merely yeah, said. You know, I mean, your solution. So me saying I don't want to do like long four hour sessions or whatever. Your solution is like, okay, well, just come for however long you want, and we'll keep talking afterwards. I Look, said, you, I said like, we can come up I'm, with I'm shtick for the. Then. No, I said we come up with shtick. We, I want people to go. Where's Keith? And then Keith shows up, and then it's like it's a thing. Does Keith that's show different. up early? That's Does he totally show up late? But that's right, what I so meant the, by my statement. The, the chat thread got heated about this because, like, like every every time um, <laughs> we talk about length, I go four hours is the perfect length for a podcast, <laughs> and then he, Keith gets mad because yeah, he's, he's like, gonna, he's going to drop. Don't don't bring this up. He, I know because he's like. <laughs> He's like, don't want he's like, gets angry about it. And so because he gets angry about it, I just say it more. <laughs> you guys both do that to me too. We had to do it to each other. It's fine. I but I mean, I don't problem. really want it to be four hours. The whole, you know, it's just no, trolling. We, yeah. That's all you have to say. <laughs> um, I mean, I do kind of like long podcasts, but that's just me. So I think, all right. I think we kind of beat this topic up, but it's still on it's still on the list. Uh, this echo chamber slash bubble. I, I know this this comes up quite a bit. We should talk about that another time. Okay, I don't want to do that one today. Okay. All right, Keith. What do you want to do? Yeah. What do you, what do you want to talk about? Um, well, we have a, there's a couple things. Dan, you had a couple topics. Do you want to talk about yours? Or I'm getting the sense you don't. Well, no. I mean. You guys bring these like, you know, sort of current event topics up quite a bit. <clears throat> and then really? there's, a, there's a lot to talk about. And I'm finding out that when I bring up a topic, we all just kind of go, eh, yeah, okay. All right. Well, next topic. So I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe there's, maybe the stuff that I'm talking about, is not invoking enough. Like I noticed I know, that let, John Paul doesn't like to, to not, debate psychology. Like I like to debate let's not, psychology. Let's not critique it. Let's just, what do you mean by this generational language barriers one? Uh, that's a big one. That that's been happening to me a lot lately. So, uh, so you, you're talking to Emil all the time. Yeah, I mean, I, okay. So, so I I probably have it more than both of you. Although Keith, I know you've got some uh, nieces and nephews or whatever that you probably talk to. But so at work last year, or maybe the year before, no, it was last year. I had to go through um, generational bias training, mm. and uh, it really, really? Opened, yeah, yeah, it really opened me up to a lot of the things that 
Um, I may do, I don't do it at work, uh, because I don't, I don't think about age at work, but I mean, it's probably there. Right. But it really opened me up to my personal life. And, um, I mean, like I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to be totally serious about the subject cause I, you know, it's not something that we should sit and talk about, but I find it fascinating though. Um, so the workforce today is, you know, the, the boomer generation is aging out. They're starting to retire. Um, their, their skills are being replaced, you know, at a rapid rate. And then Gen X is like sort of running most of it now, right? Like Gen X is like in their sort of like middle upper management phase of their careers in, in, in all disciplines. And then you have, um, you know, millennials now are making up the, the bulk of the workforce. And, and then, you know, you're seeing some Gen Z's creep in now. So we've got a couple of generations that have been heavily defined. And it's, it's interesting how dialogue is so different now. Like when I talk to my son, he barely communicates with me. It's like everything's, you know, compressed even when he texts me. And then when I talk to people at work that are older than me, like they use colloquialisms that I'm familiar with, but like, you know, my son's generation wouldn't understand at all. And it's, it's like, it's like pure communication now. Like people are like, there, there are people that are actually communicating with me via email that are using emojis all the time now, which is uh -huh. like, just, like I said, I'm, I'm just, you know, those are, those are just a couple of things that like I'm observing. So like, I mean, like, what do you like conclude from this? Like, cause like, you know, that is the nature of language is that it changes like yeah. over time. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, like what we were talking about the other day. Oh, like, you know, I don't personally like the term dropped. Yeah. Like, I just that, don't, I just don't like it yeah, for yeah. some that, reason. That, that's I, I mean, I can't example. really define why I don't like it, but it's always felt like really awkward to me. I mean, I'm used to saying like released, you know, like that mm -hmm. was like what I grew up with is like, you know, albums were released. They didn't drop. And like, I'm like, okay, I understand where drop comes from, but yeah. like, I just don't personally like it. I don't, I'm not like saying it's dumb, I guess, but like, I don't, I think it's because of, you know, I grew up with one term and to hear somebody else say it, who's like a similar age who grew up with the same term now using a different term, it comes mm -hmm. across as like, artificial you know what i mean but that is how language changes over time is that you know things that start out as slang get more and more standardized and mm -hmm. obviously you know marketing and everything like that uses the term dropped because that's what people say right, right. but um i don't really conclude much from it except to say that like Uh, we don't have to listen to young folks. They suck. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I, I love, I love encountering um, like, like the next generation's slang. Like I, I take a lot of joy in like being the old guy who's like, who's like, Oh, what's this phrase you're using? <laughs> like, yeah. like tell me about it, you know, type of thing. I also take joy in like, I'll, I'll use like some really old school shit. Like sometimes I'll be like, Oh, it's a red letter day or something like that. <laughs> you know, like, like I just I look oh, around. Wait, what was the, the one you used the other day was cans, and we were like, yeah, that that's like, why, why does John Paul get away with using cans, but Dan can't use well, so cans and for like, cans comes from like World War Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're old. Cans is an old like slang term for headphones. So I was I was like sent a photo. Yeah. 
this is what's in the cans. And I send a podcast. So I, what I, what I'll do is like, I'll, I won't force it, but like, I'll, I'll use like a idiom. that's like, like even for my parents' generation, right? Like red letter day, I guess is the one that's in my mind. And then I'll look around the zoom and just try to see who understands. (laughs) (laughs) I, I won't, like I said, I won't force it, but I'll like, I'll like recognize. I'll be like, instantly I'll be like, Oh, no one's going to know what that is. And I'll look and I'll right. see like, understand what I just said. And like, I love doing that. And then like, at the same time, we have people on my team who are like, yeah, Gen X in my age group cohort who will just endlessly drop references to the nineties. And with zero, zero filter that like the people, the 20 year olds in the zoom will not know what the <laughs> fuck. And yeah, like, but, like, but, but it goes in the like, other direction. We have this guy, we have this guy who, who always does this. He's always, he'll be like, Oh yeah, like in Demolition Man, which is like that movie with um, Wesley Snipes and um, and uh, uh, who's uh, S- S- Stallone, right? Yeah. From this our is, like, this is a different problem. This is the problem of people who only talk in pop culture references. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah. I mean, it's an example. So like, he's always dropping these these references to like like B movies from the '90s that I guarantee no one other than like who was in high who wasn't in like high school at the time will remember. And yeah. I, I always have to tell him, I'm like, dude. And everyone would just be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, like not along because they don't want to bring it up. And I'll always be like, dude, that's a 90s thing. No one knows what that is. Yeah. And everyone, and he'll be like, what? No one knows Demolition Man? And everyone will be like, yeah, no. And he's, like, he's like a gas that nobody knows Demolition Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, he's always <laughs> just like, what? This movie ever made, Demolition Man. Well, no, he doesn't even think that. He just thinks like, how is that not part of your culture? You right. know? Right. <laughs> like Wesley Snipes, everyone will be like, like you know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I like so the, that's what's interesting interesting to me is that some people don't understand that this exists whereas i'm like hyper aware of it because like i could see a look on someone's face like what yeah like, what is that term you just do what is that phrase i have no idea what that means right. <laughs> i mean this this shows up in my space all the time I mean, people will make references to stuff and I'm just in my space. Yeah. Nobody knows what that is. Right. Right. <laughs> no, but like, like for instance, like somebody the other day I was on a call and they're like based and I'm like, really? Mm. Like, like we're having how a work. Would you, how could you like a work call? Yeah. Uh-huh. How could you use based in a work call and like expect it to just be like, oh yeah, everybody's going to know what that means. And it's totally appropriate for a work call. Like. Well, all right. So in it's all just fairness, slang, it enters in here. But here's a question. What does based mean? I've, I've looked this up many times. I, I'll, I'll post the link in the chat, but there's a really no, no, great, no, no. no there's a great, wiki. No, I'm, I'm explaining this to you. There's a great oh, okay. wiki that gives a list of the terms that Gen Z's are using. And I don't even want to sound like a fucking boomer, but I actually had bookmarked this because there's times where I'm just like, I'm online. <laughs> I know, I know you guys always jab at me that I'm too online, but that's how I can have these conversations. But remember, I've got like a nephew and then my son. And when they, they came over on Christmas, I spent, you know, nine hours with them and like the way they talk, you know, I mean, this is this is the same conversations our parents had about us. Like, I, I guess I'm saying we're at that age now where we're starting to see multiple generations in either directions. Sure. I mean, you know, I, I think I posted a picture uh, in our chat a couple months ago. Um, it was a quote from a teacher who got a who got an email from a student and they said, I'm trying to cite my references but I have to, I have to go, or it says the paper that you asked us to write, I have to cite references from the 1900s. Are you okay with that? And the teacher was like, what references? And they're like, they were referring to 1990. <laughs> it's the oh 1900s. 
Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. They were, they were, you know, it was like implying that, like, you know, using the internet is the only place that you can get references. And since the internet right. wasn't really, really around in the '90s, like, is that information credible? It's like, well, yeah, it came from a book, <laughs> but it's just so funny. The 1900s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my son's Based, a class no. of 2028. That's a weird thing to think about. I feel like in the early usage of based, I like would Google it a lot to, be, to feel like I understood. And like, I couldn't get a clear answer. Just, now the answer is very, it's, yeah, it's it be, seems very like um, logical, like established, grounded, or focused on, you know, principle or belief, yeah. not like influenced by others. And so I'm like, that, that, basic. that, that makes like, a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, basic. The actual basic. definition of it, you know. Yeah. Kind of, but I feel like in the early days of based, I would like look it up and like, there was like a lot of conflicting information so right. I, I, they had to figure it out but i've n i don't use that one it hasn't entered into my lexicon at all although i kind of like it um yeah, I, I like I mean, the of being an old guy that uses kid slang you know like well, hey, I, i've been told that that I, and that's actually why that person said it in a meeting because they know that i am i'm hip to some of these terms but you mm. know he's like using it all the time now and i'm like oh okay like yeah well, that's where we are you know but I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of them that are out there that just sort of make me. Oh, of course. What's your, mean, what's the what's the current? So well, fire. I can't stand like, the word fire. Everybody says that's so fire or that's fire. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't. I I just I. That feels like a millennial. That's not even that new. That's no, yeah. I know it's not. I've just never liked yeah. it. Like I can't. When I hear people say that, I'm just like, oh. Reminds me of like the Guy Fieri commercial. These biscuits are fire. When he shoots that, mm -hmm. like, the thing slider I think, gun. I think that came out of like hip hop. Like yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what the wiki says. Like my it, my it, the it, things drives me crazy is the use of let's go. That's like but like everything yeah. is let's go. You know, like it's that's all what I'm saying. It's pretty annoying. Top to bottom. Like it's just like that's the that's the phrase of choice for general excitement. Um what what's Emil doing that, that like he's, what new slang has he picked up? Okay, so he's now calling me Sigma. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Even, I don't understand the context. What is that? Well, so, you know, the term is alpha beta, right? So, you know, okay. I'm an alpha male and you're, you're, you're so beta. Now they're using you're so sigma, which is even like, <laughs> it's lower on the chart. Well, yeah. So wait, is sigma worse than, than beta? Well, I mean, alpha or... is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Right. Sigma is like way, way down at the end of the alphabet. Beta means that you're like weak. You're, you're a soy boy, right? So if yeah. you're Sigma, you're way down on the bottom. I don't think that's it. I think Sigma's like, like, like um, a super class. Is is Sigma S? Uh yeah. The, it, so, oh, no, it's the E. It's the E. The little, you know. The, okay. Sorry. In the Greek. You're thinking uh, about it in terms of like a tier list, not all, right? Well, like, like I just I just don't think Sigma is even worse than beta. I think it's kind of like you're above the game almost. <laughs> I'm kind of guessing. I, it's a compliment, I think. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe you should ask your son what he means. I, by no, it. I, I did. I did. And he's <laughs> like, dude, you're so <laughs> Sigma. What did he say? He just said, I'm so Sigma. And of course, I go and he I'm like, no, that's the, the 18th letter of the alphabet. I'm probably a loser. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not what it is. It's not what it is at all uh sigma and slang here it's an inner it's definitely an internet culture thing it means he's watching too much youtube oh that i mean you want to get alpha that. beta shit it's like it's way youtube it's like it's like super internet his generation does not watch television like I, it's, I it, it's crippling to get him to sit and watch like we no, watch so the, they, they watch they only watch YouTube. oppenheimer and youtube 
that the, the, the whole mm-hmm. alpha beta sigma thing it's it's like very internet masculine culture like like terminology yeah. right? okay here it is so sigma male sigma is a slang term uh <laughs> in some cultures for popular successful but highly independent and self-reliant man it's like being based <laughs> but that doesn't make sense if a is alpha which is that's, the not, first how, that's not how it works your son thinks you're so cool yeah, your son, your son thinks you're great. Oh, all right. Well, let's see. I'm a boomer. And, and you know, typical Dan thing, and takes it to mean the worst possible criticism of himself. I was abused yeah. as a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know if you guys are dealing with this kind of stuff. I, I, I no. like it because I enjoy no. listening to different like dialects and languages and stuff like that, and try to piece it I apart. Don't, I don't talk to children. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't. I, maybe, maybe it's not that, well, but like, like I, know, I don't either. But you, I, you work I, with twenty-year-olds. I'm sure you're hearing yeah, stuff that you. Yeah, the generation gap between us and the younger workers is now twenty plus years. Well, millennials are, are years. in their late thirties, early forties right now. Yeah, exactly. So it's and millennials were like hilarious to me when I was working with millennials. You know, like, and I was older than the millennials, but like, so now it's even worse. Like, I just assume, and I this is, I just, I was sort of alluding to this before. I just assume that everything I say just sounds as old as shit to these kids. <laughs> like, yeah, like you're you're, you're a little basic. You, know, you think about like when we first we first were working for Mark Schwartz, um, peace be upon him. Uh, uh, <laughs> like Fair, how, very terrible. He, he was he was in his forties and we were in our twenties. Did he he just seemed like an old tank? You know what I mean? Like there was no like. Yeah, we're in the same cohort. Like, none of that at all. He probably felt like he could relate to us, but we were like, "This guy's this guy's just like an old dude. Like, not old, not like a doddering old dude, but like, you know, he was he, he just was not in our. Oh, I feel like I ever felt that way. You don't. Well, wait, what? What? What do you mean? I don't feel like I felt like oh, he was just this old guy. No, I, yeah, old is not quite right. He was an adult. He was okay. not one. We you weren't gonna. Of, hang you didn't out. think of yourself as an adult when you started working there. I, kind of. The point is, we weren't going to hang out with him, right? Dude, I don't even feel like adult now. Like when I go into mm-hmm. meetings and I see somebody that looks older than me, I just I'm immediately like I'm still a kid. I don't know. I, I'm one of those people who has basically thought of myself as an adult since I was like 18. <laughs> oh man, no way. I suppose. I, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm not using the right terminology, but like, like he definitely seemed way older than us, right? No, not really. <laughs> oh, weird. So you not were like, like not way older. No. Didn't he have like 10 years on you, John Paul? I was I mean, I was in my twenties. What well, how old was he when he passed away? Do you know? I don't know. I don't remember that. Be able, like, I mean, he was in his forties when we started there, probably. Oh, okay. So he yeah, probably died in his sixties. So yeah, you guys were definitely I mean old yeah, old's not the right term because like he, he didn't strike me as like oh this old guy so much, but he definitely was like I mean not... do you mean like out of touch or like you know uncool? <laughs> like I no, don't know. It, it, it's like like he, he was he was so much older than me that whether he was out of touch, uncool or anything was completely irrelevant. Like mm. like you know, there there was no like it, it he didn't matter to me other than like he was the boss. Right. And, you yeah. know, you know me, like I admire Schwartz a lot, even though like, you know, you and I may are, don't have different views on the guy. I'm like a big fan of his. And, and, and um, uh, uh, but, but he wasn't in, he, he wasn't a contemporary to mine. Like he was just kind of like, like what he thought about pop culture or anything else I found amusing at best. And it was like, there was just no, like anything he said was like through that filter. I don't know. I, I just, 
I just, uh, you know, he was 20 years, he was he had 20 years on us, right? Yeah, you, you're shrugging. You like don't know what I'm saying at all. Well, anyway, I assume that all of my like 20 year old employees are like, like the same. Like they're not yeah. like we're not going to be hanging out or whatever, you know. And like not everyone under, like I think has this perspective. Like like uh, uh, sure, you feel like they're they're relate to that 20 year old self that they had or whatever. Which I do. I still feel like I'm the same person or whatever. But like, I just know that these like younger kids in my group see me as the guy in his late 40s, you know? Hell, I just I'm try to stay relevant. What's that? I just try to stay relevant. So so I, I find Why? it bad. Well, because it's communication. Yeah, that's it's, my kind of question. Well, it's communication. <laughs> I mean, but the, this is the thing. You can't, you can't bridge this. No, you can't. You can't. You can. It's it's all it is. No. is it, it's all it is is dialect. That's all it is. You, well, no, I'm I'm not saying you can't get along with people. Like, but you won't, get, the, won't the younger generation just call you cringe? Well, it depends. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't walk started, in and be like, if you started to like use their terminology with them when they just call you cringe, I would be like, current is a, is definitely sucker for suckers. No, listen, like, listen, listen. I I want to make sure I'm very clear in this. Like, I do not go into a circle of because you know, like I you know I'm involved in some extracurricular activities that gets me around a bunch yeah. of kids, right? Right. So. I'm hanging out 16, 17 year olds and, you know, they're all kids and they're talking and they say stuff and they'll be like, yo, Mr. Merck, uh, you got some sweet Riz going. And I'm like, ah, oh, mm. thanks, man. I'm busting these new shoes today. Like, like, I don't do that. Right. Busting? Like, yeah, I, I, I don't do that. Do right? you think that they have busting. any sense of what the word busting might mean? No, no. Bus bus bussin'. Bussin'. Oh. B-U-S-S-N apostrophe. It's bussin'. And they, they're probably like, haha, that's funny. This, 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 this wedge salad yeah, I'm, I'm about to eat is bussin'. They definitely know what young MC is. No, <laughs> that's that's busting. That's different. No, no, this no. is bussin'. This is bussin'. Bussin', no, bussin okay. is like, this is, Dude, this, like, these there, wings are bussin'. There's no chance that they have any, like, if you use the slang of their their generation, their cohort, there's no, no chance they'll have anything other than amusement. I act. remember no. the word bussin' from young MC. Not bustin'. He says bussin' okay. in the song. Okay. As a different reference to bust a move. Let, let me let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. I'm just saying. It's, it's by, the way, by the way, I, I would not have said that back to those kids, but I, I've heard those kids say this. Yeah. It, it, it originated from um well, I'm reading this from the wiki. Originated from African American vernacular as a way of complimenting good food. Though it's not related, it has been recently used as a derogative term for ejaculation. But then the example they read here is this salad is bussin'. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. It, but it means bussin' means extremely good, excellent, also used to describe great food. But so I'm all I'm saying is that I don't say it back to them because it's total cringe. But I want to understand what they're saying when they say that. Oh, yeah. Like I said, nice I Riz. I, I'm like, I'm like, what's Riz mean? You know, like, and I'll go look it up. And then I yeah. hear them say it. Then I understand what they're saying. But like, I don't use it back to them. And I don't sit around my friend circles with you guys and go, hey, I'm bussin' this or, you know. Yeah. I mean, I say clap back sometimes, but that's 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 because that's like I mean, look, it, it, it's 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 all good. I, I I find it fun, you know, and like I I like I said, I, I like to bust out old like uh, idioms and then like sort of check and see if, if if I think anyone understands it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I I like hearing the slang and and just kind of like recognizing that it's like it's like the next wave of of slang that I'm not part of or whatever. You know, it's yeah. like it's I, I enjoy all that stuff. Yeah, that I mean, that's that's all I was saying is like, how do you deal with that in your, maybe your work or your? I just chuckle at it. Yeah, so you probably see it in the, in the form of online speak because you're not talking to twenty year olds that way, and they're not they're not talking to you that way. And Keith, I think you yeah. said that you don't even deal with that, right? But I just didn't know if you guys. 
So tell me, tell me more about um, the, uh, that you said you did um, generational training at work or something. What'd you call it? Uh, General, generate generational bias. So we have all this, we we have lots of training that has to do with like bias. We have like unconditional biased um, bias training. We have some other bias training that has to do with like, um, you know, culture, you know, all that stuff. And then Mm -hmm. last year was the theme of, generational bias and it was a it was a one-hour class i didn't spend too much time on it but then there was a follow-up that was like a couple of like eye charts that i had to read through what was there anything you like rolled your eyes at in this generational bias no 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 they were actually really really, i gotta be honest like i know a lot of well there there are lots of people that think that like all the de and i stuff is shit and those people are evil but i really i love all of it because what it does is it opens me up to like Wow, I, I might have been saying something that could be offensive to somebody and just not even knowing about it. I don't mm-hmm. like to offend people, right? I, was there anything that stood out? To, yeah, everything everything stood out. Everything. Well, what's a takeaway? Okay, uh, I have generational okay, no, bias. No, I'll, okay, I'll explain. Um, boomers, uh, millennials have one of the biggest struggles training boomers, showing them how to do something. They get really mm-hmm. frustrated and they don't want any part of it. And actually, millennials who gets frustrated. Have, Millennials get frustrated that they have to show boomers how to do things. Okay. And and they the couple examples they, they gave were like, I've seen it happen at work. I've absolutely seen it where it's like, hey, you need to go talk to this person over here or, you know, this person's having some issues. Go go pair up with them and work on it. And then they go in and they, they meet for a few minutes and they're just like totally frustrated because they have different like boomers are having different ways to learn things. Their, their adaptation is different. And it, it, it's a lot of it is centered around technology. I mean, I'll admit that part, but I also work in the tech field, so that's why. But it's it was really eye opening. Um, uh, let's see, what was the other one? Um, I'm drawing a blank. Gen Gen Zs and Gen Xers they're at odds. Like it's, I mean, it's all pretty obvious. There's there's gaps between the you know the two generations that don't that don't gel. Hmm. So so Gen Zs talking to millennials is fine but gen z is talking to gen xers there's usually like some tension some rubbing that doesn't work there and so they're they were just saying that like you know boomers take a long time to learn something they're 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 not very apt to grasp like super new tech because of the fact that they're aging out like a lot of boomers right now are like you know hitting retirement so i don't know like i said i I, i'm not gonna be able to like you know without opening up you know that and i also took it like in march of last year so i'm kind of drawing a blank on some Mm -hmm. of it but it was interesting. But yeah, it's, it's, it's making me aware that when I, when I go to a call, not to bring – like one of the big things they brought up is like you know at the company that Keith and I work at, they constantly talk about how long their tenure was there. Like somebody will join a call and they'll be like, so let's go around the room. And I'll be like, all right, my name's Dan. I've uh, been working in uh, IT for a year, but I've been with this company for 12 and a half years. And then so then the next person goes, you know, I'm Dave and uh, I joined last month. And so automatically, Dave's like, man, I'm like, I, I, I'm not bringing any value here. These people are like 30 years, 40, you know, 28 years, you know, and this yeah. person. Yeah. Well, I'm, but I'm saying they're, they're like, they say, like, look out for that because you could potentially yeah. put somebody in an uncomfortable spot. Yeah. I, I've noticed that in meetings where a lot of people that have been there for a long time, they mention how long they've been there. They, that's right. <laughs> that they, they, like, they, they like, tell like, you. Yeah, like like it comes up in the meeting at some point, like you know, yeah. whether or not it's on purpose or what, but it's it's definitely strikes me as like oh, um, 
you know, it's like appeal to authority, basically. Like my 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 um my opinion is going to have the most weight because I've been here the longest kind yes. of thing. Yes. It, what, it, what it is, though, is so they explain that a lot of times people that talk about their tenure in a space or their age, it's because they're they're covering up the fact that somebody within that room or that call or that conversation potentially has more skill than them. Like, the, you mm. know, here's somebody that's younger that understands this new tech. They're very skilled. This this person will, you know, sort of cover that up by saying, well, I've been with this company for 18 years. Yeah. So then so then they're, they're like yeah. sort of establishing that, like, I've got deep thoughts, whereas this person's like, well, but I know how to use this tool better. And so that's that's the thing that they tell you to look out for. Mm. So I've been I've been really conscious of that, um, even in my my personal life, like, you know, like I my next door neighbors, like 15 years older than I am. And, uh, and she, she, she'll say things like, you know, oh, you kids and I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, I could be your boyfriend. Like, stop it. You know? So anyways. And she's like, don't hit on me. Well, she hugs me all the time. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but Keith, what, what, what's this guilty pleasures thing? You want to talk about that? Yeah, I do. So I, do. I was thinking about this term the other day, this guilty pleasure thing. And I was like, I can't tell anyone that I have a guilty pleasure because I don't. I feel no guilt in anything that like I like. Oh, I like. Oh, I like. Yeah, you're 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 like uh, part of fandom culture. Well, who, who is this yeah, person? So Keith? Like, I love. I, I want to meet this person. That I I, like. I I find this like so like people bring this up. They're like, oh, this is my guilty pleasure, and I'm like, it's not your guilty pleasure. You like it. Just say you like it. You yes. know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Cool. So we agree. I hate that term. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear this like all the time and I was just thinking about it because I remember we were talking about something. I think we were talking about television shows or something like that. And I was saying like we were watching like a Property Brothers show or something. And like, I think a lot of people would say like, oh, my guilty pleasure is these like, you know, home improvement shows or yeah, like yeah, these, yeah. you know, whatever. And I'm just like, it makes me laugh. I think it's funny. Like, I mean, it's fun to watch. So what's the big deal? I don't feel guilty about it. Like, yeah. Yeah, my, like well, not everything you watch or experience has to be like you know high end art or whatever. Like it yeah, could be like I, just I, like filler junk. You know, a more, a more like extreme example would be like everyone hates the Kardashians, right? At least in my circle. Yeah, and, I guess that's true. So you know? Everyone, everyone loves to be like, oh, that that shows vapid garbage, which yes. I fact is true. I've actually never seen it, but like so so. um and you might have someone in that circle of people who always like hates the Kardashians who like watches it and they're like, they, they you know, they might couch it by saying, yeah, you know, Kardashians is terrible, but it's my guilty pleasure, you know, right. Right. anyway. So it's, it's a little bit of a, it's, it's responding to social pressure. Uh, to, yeah, to... right. It's, it, it's that guilt thing. Right. You know, and like, I, I've always expressed this, that like, you know, um, I didn't have like the Catholic upbringing that a lot of people that like i know had where like there was this sort of guilt thing going on basically yeah, yeah, yeah. and like i've never had that like you know what i mean like yeah. you know like you have no guilt I, well i mean i have guilt if i do something wrong like i don't have like intrinsic guilt right you well know I mean? keith i don't know dude you're 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 somewhat part of like a a a uh, political sort of bet that that might want to shame someone for what they watch. For example, if Merck right now was to admit that he listens to Rogan, <laughs> he might have to say it's a guilty pleasure. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Among yeah. the three of us. Okay. I, well, I, I, don't, I don't listen to Rogan. I have listened. So, I what, have. what is that point about me? I don't understand. Well, you'd be the one to be like, Rogan's terrible. You're not allowed to listen to that. It's bad thought. You know, that you're going to get infected. That's not what I was arguing, though. Like, I'm saying, like, I don't personally, like, experience that kind of guilt. Like, that sort of peer pressure guilt. No, but you're the one who applies it, is my point. Well. if Because if Merck was to uh, admit right now that he watch, he listens to Rogan, which he's denying. I, I, I haven't listened to Rogan in a year ago I did. I listened to the Sanjay Gupta episode, okay. which was more That's than a year ago. Odd. So anyway, um, why? Because what? Because I wanted to see what douchebag says about this, you know, the the COVID virus, and right, so, comes so out. Any, so I thought that was mean, like a valid conversation because I'm not. Hear... I'm not like I'm not trying to out you as being a Rogan listener, actually, Mark. I'm just bringing up as an example that if you were to say that you listen to Rogan, Keith, you would uh, apply uh, uh, shaming tactics. Okay, maybe. So, so Merck would need to be the one to be like, oh, I'm in this Wait, analysis. hold on a second. Don't you dare project because I know where this is coming from. You're bringing this up because you keep telling Keith to where listen to- Where do you to... keep going, John Paul? <laughs> no, don't worry about that. So John Paul- and he doesn't, I know he doesn't have headphones on, so he, every time he leaves oh, the room, he misses it's something. Really, it's really loud. I can I hear every word. I was just getting so, my coffee. So the whole thing is, is that he listens to Shapiro, and I guarantee Who, that me? he was- Yeah, you've listened to Shapiro. You've even shared links of- Times that you've listened no, to. No, 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 no. Uh, hold on, hold on. Since we're you have. the public ether, and so uh, you're like, oh, that's my guilty pleasure. But I'm going to go after Dan no, because no, he listened he would, to a he would never podcast. Say that. He would never say that. <laughs> yeah, I would never say that. What happened with Shapiro was I didn't know anything about him, and like Keith kept or someone I don't know the, like things I was listening to or whatever was referencing that he was terrible. So I was like, okay, I'm going to listen to Shapiro for like a month, and find out why he's terrible because like, I, I don't, I don't know why or whatever. And I listened to Shapiro for a month and concluded that he was terrible. <laughs> yeah. That, that, but, but during that entire time you were listening to him, you were texting me, making me answer the opposing view of Shapiro. That's it. Right. And, and, and you were like, like, how do you I remember that? I, and all of his data and facts and blah, blah, blah. Like, how do you, whoa, 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 whoa. what did you said? Don't even, whoa, 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 I me. remember this, John Paul. That you, you definitely had a brain worm. He, he got into your head. No, 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 no. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. Start this. So I never, I never said that Shapiro had all these great facts. Okay. He, he sort of pretends he does or whatever. And we don't have to get into it. That's Shapiro. not true, dude. You, you, I remember one inter interaction where you were like, the thing about Shapiro is he's got all this data and facts. And he Bullshit. just brings it and brings it and brings it and brings it and brings it. And how do you argue with this? Okay, listen, you you completely misinterpreted what I was saying. Like that is bullshit. You have selective memory. No, no, no. <laughs> I was not. At, so listen. Well, first of all, first of all, just because Shapiro is terrible, which he is, doesn't mean that every single thing he says is wrong. But if if I said something like, "How do you argue with him when he just like keeps?" coming with all these I, I doubt i ever use the word facts because i think it's he's a very tenuous grasp on facts but but i think i must have been saying like he assaults people with a like a rapid fire stream of like supposed facts or statements data points that makes it not even data points i mean just it just makes it hard to argue with him right well yeah so but I'm, I'm saying, saying i'm like, saying he'd just sit there and hit, throw data points at you whether they're factual or um, not he's just like He's throwing stuff at you so fast yeah. that you can't even have time to think. Yeah, about it. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, nevertheless, I, 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 I'm sure there's things that Shapiro said that I thought was correct, 
because, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day type of thing. Like he, he probably not everything he says is like just like completely wrong. But the entire lens of what he says everything through is it pushes it into a narrative that supports his yeah. his opinion. Yeah. Why are we talking about Shapiro? No, I don't know. Guilty Merck pleasures. Was, guilty Merck pleasure. Was, and you use the example. Claim, no, this has nothing to do with guilty pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you, were, you were trying no, to say. Hold no, on, hold you, on. Bro, you said I listened to Rogan, so I came after you about listening okay, to Shapiro. I, I apologize for that. I was trying no, to make it. You were making out. an okay. analogy using I, I using somebody else. So of course I yeah. get like that, that was like, lashing I, out. Okay. I was making. I did listen to Rogan a little bit. So yeah, I did a long. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. I mean, Rogan. He used to until I converted him to being a liberal. I've I've said this over and over again. I like I always thought that like you know. I had this sort of libertarian viewpoint because I was like, you know, a little bit more conservative in my politics. And then I realized I'm like, boy, I'm an asshole. And working with Keith and spending every day with Keith, I've started listening. I'm like, you know, he he converted me and he converted me in a good way because I, I was very wrong in the way I was thinking about some things. And actually, Keith, I, I do attribute it to you, but I do have to say there is somebody that we work with that actually said it to me that made me consider rethinking my politics. Because wow. I actually I, I said something in a meeting and then afterwards I was in this it was a manager and I was in his office and we were kind of chit chatting and he's like, you know, you said something interesting back there. You, you know, you said this about school. And I, I made a comment about, you know, privatized school. And he's like, you know, privatized school is okay, but you have to understand that like people that can't afford privatized school, don't they also deserve a good education? And I was like, Yeah. And he's like, well, how do you expect that's going to happen if it's privatized? Like, they're not going to be able to afford it. And I was just like, ooh. And I just, and it like just took me a second to think about it. I'm like, I need to rethink my politics. Like, mm. you know, this, this whole like capitalism leads is, is, is false. And it took me a long time to finally realize that. But, but, you know, you've, and then, and at the same time that conversion happened, I started listening to Rogan and listening to what he was actually saying. And it was like, this is nonsense. He's like such a terrible person. Like, I, it's all nonsense. It's well, just, I mean, and he's got his, his style. His MO, yeah, his mo is like he's the just asking questions guy. Yeah, right. right. So right. Like, it's know, he knows exactly what he's doing. So it's it's been yeah. a long time since I was able to listen to Rogan because he moved to Spotify or whatever, and I, I don't use that. So, but when he had a podcast on Apple Podcasts or it's just back. on Podcasts, you heard? Oh, he really? Left, he left Spotify. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. This just happened like last week. Yeah. <laughs> He announced Rogan again. He he announced well, so that I, he's I he's would... he's now available on YouTube and uh, Apple right now. Really? Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, that's interesting. Did he get kicked out or did he leave? I don't know. I don't they, care. They renegotiated and it's not exclusive anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's still so, getting paid uh, a bunch of money by them. So uh, uh, I would I would put Rogan in the like guilty pleasures camp again. It has it's been a long time since I've listened to it because it when it went to spotify i couldn't um and like for me it's like he he you know he he presents himself as like a comedian and a comic who is into mma or whatever right and as long as like he stays on those that kind of shit i think it's fine and then like when he gets into like conspiracy theories and like he has this sort of very like um what, what's the opposite of incredulous is he credulous? <laughs> he, you know, he, he's like, he just sort of buys everything that people say to him. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, like, and the people he has on sometimes are just like complete morons. And he's, he's just, he's just kind of a dope about like accepting whatever they shovel into him. They, they do this fact checking thing a lot though. Cause I Jamie. think they get checked. 
Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Jamie, um, look, look that shit up, Jamie. So yeah, it's, yeah. really, so, I was like, wrong. Oh, well, like, maybe, maybe it was another back, article. <laughs> like bringing this back, like you would call that a guilty pleasure. Well, back like the last, it's been years since I was able to actually tune into it, and um, I think Rogan can be like. There's a reason why he's like the biggest show on the planet right now because it's long form. Uh, it's very long, which I keep saying is a good thing. And then, um, you know, he he's entertaining, right? And it's like it's it's like when they're on subject subjects of low importance, you know, not like spreading anti-vax conspiracy or whatever the hell they do. Uh, you know, it's kind of entertaining. Right. And, 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 you know, I, I don't know. The last thing I heard, he, he interviewed someone from the show alone, which I love. I don't know if you guys have watched this oh, at all. Yeah. I'm, I'm all, I mean, I've been watching it since the beginning. Yeah. It's awesome. Alone's incredible. Yes, and, it is. and, um, he interviewed one of the winners, right. And they just talked about like how you have to get fat and calories out in nature and rabbit starvation and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And he was super fascinated by it. And it was, it was great. There was no like, there was no like disinformation content, right? And and like I feel like there's nothing particularly wrong with that. Yeah, um, I I always and, listen to the Stephen Ranella episodes because I like Stephen Ranella. Mm -hmm. He's so, he's he's like the hunter. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, he wrote books about buffalo and he, stuff. Guilty pleasure. Yeah, but I wouldn't call that a guilty pleasure. I'm with Keith. I'm not. I'm not afraid of anything. I I will. I will never shame anybody for fast food, at all. Like I mm -hmm. love to cook. I love to to cook. Yeah. You know, very, very high end meals. I love delving into like all kinds of ingredients and the, you know, the history of the ingredients and how they should be used and stuff. But I have no problem eating a Big Mac at all. Yeah. And it, sh and it shows. But like people will be like, the, the thing that really bothers me about this whole guilty pleasures topic, which this is kind of what tugged on my strings, is that like I don't like when people in the process of eating talk about what type of impact it's going to have on their health that that shit fucking <laughs> pisses me off like they're like oh, right on my hips and they're like spooning in right. an ice cream and i'm right, like well, just yeah. don't fucking eat the ice cream then like right or just say like hey i love this and just be cool with it but like oh my gosh i have some close people to me that do this all the time and i'm like mother just shut up and just do it right like oh yeah. slap this do. right there and or uh, <laughs> this is going to give me a coronary i'm like what? Yeah, no yeah. it's not you know it's going to give you Holy a coronary my. is yeah uh so wait He's sitting there kind of like with a, with a grump on in his face. I, I, think you, well, I feel like, grumpy. well, not, not grumpy. I, I feel like you have a, a response to this, to my uh, uh, sort of talking about like, it's okay. To, uh, my point was like, it's okay to listen to Rogan as long as it's like, you know what you're listening to and the content doesn't wander off. Like whatever. Well, what, what are your thought about this? I thought about it. I, I mean, I think it just appeals to a, um, sort of cynical paranoid worldview that bugs me his content in general his content in general because it's all about sort of like questioning the mainstream narrative of like everything you know and i would say know, like i went to college i'm familiar with people who question the mainstream narrative like <laughs> they were usually super high you know what i mean mm -hmm. and smelled terribly like remember when you know remember I mean? when anti-vaxxing like, was a feature of the left the far left yeah when what Anti-vax oh, yeah, yeah, totally. left. It's hilarious. Yeah. The, yeah. So the, the um, well, so one thing I would say is like it's it's probably the case, and maybe this has changed, but like back when before he went to Spotify, his um, the amount of like conspiratorial content and like sort of alternate facts po politics and stuff that he had on was was pretty low. Like it was mostly about him being really fascinated with like chimpanzees and like like. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, uh, 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 hunting and MMA and comic comedies topic and shit like that. Like, yeah. you know, I was never a huge, huge fan, but when I would tune in, like, that's what they'd be talking about. And then somehow, well, the pandemic hit and like all, like he went to Spotify. So I stopped listening, but then like my YouTube is full of Rogan clips of him, like indulging in, in like junk science and being very credulous. Man, there's got to be the opposite word of incredu incredulous. I feel like Google could tell us that right now. Like he's just he's just really like he's super gullible, right? Any guest he has on, he's just his reaction is like, oh, really? You know, and like it, and it's all like this garbage. And I I feel like maybe that's what happened is like I when I wasn't listening, he became more like platforming of that type of stuff. And he's got like his pol his political ideas that he sometimes spouts off about seem very dumb. Um, uh, you know, but I don't know if like the, the, if you took his shows and like lined them up over the last five years, like how much content would be the stuff that you find problematic and how much would be him like talking about like chimpanzee uh, culture and like MMA and stuff that like is kind of doesn't matter, you know, like in other words, does the, does the sort of internet filter, it, uh, is it actually reflective of of how sort of toxic his stuff is, or is that stuff like pretty much a minority that then gets amplified, you know, because of the outrage machine that we uh, find ourselves in? I don't know the answer. Yeah, I don't know either. But but credulous is the opposite of incredulous. Credulous. Yeah. Okay. Um, Thanks to Google. And, and, you know, and it somewhat brings me back around to to. Do I don't know if we want to get into it. Like, like the whole like we had a subject about like is Lex Friedman bad or good? Well, you've got three minutes. Uh, did yeah. you cut yeah. all that stuff, Merck? Yeah, yeah. You cut it all. Okay. Yeah, it was so, it was an hour of the same topic, and it didn't set us up for how we talked about the actual interview. So I I got rid of it. Yeah, I mean the only I could, point we I could we could you know what we could do is open up a Patreon <laughs> <laughs> and have okay. behind the scenes. Oh. <laughs> that's how it's done yeah. uh all right so um i guess are you gonna hold us to this time limit, keith yeah yeah he's oh. gonna leave it one i gotta leave it one too i got i got a meeting mm -hmm. i have to go to all right well we could just wrap up here I, the, the yeah. apple vision pro is out oh, yeah uh, yeah what, what did you want to talk about that because i will never buy one uh never say never, never uh, although that, that particular thing i think there's not much reason to buy, but it, um, my my thing about this is I'm very very into VR. I think AR is completely unproven, um, but potentially really cool. Wait, what do you mean unproven? Well, like whether so VR to me is like um, very proven at this point, although like not highly not like mega popular yet. But the the uh, Meta Quest. The last two versions of the Meta Quest headset. Well, I don't. I guess I don't have a Quest Three. I have a Quest Two. I had a Quest One and a Quest Two. That, we have a we have a two. Yeah. Yeah. I and like, I'm sorry, I can't stand thing, it. I, I get super sick every time I use it. Every yeah, time. you just you need to push past that, bro. Like you. Man, I've tried. I've really tried. I mean, Beat Saber. The game is so addictive. And then and that I, makes like, you Beat Saber makes you a VR sickness. Mm -hmm. Really? All, they all do. I mean, I even tried watching videos. I, I've I've tried it all, and I that's I'm interesting. Just, yeah, you know, I, I, it, I, I, it doesn't work for me. I I don't know. Maybe, VR sickness is a real it's a real thing, and right. it's probably the one of the biggest barriers to like this becoming huge. Like I, I'm more convinced AR is a better opportunity because like the whole that's what i'm saying it's ar is we well, said like, it's not proven that's why i'm trying to understand where you're going with that because like, I, I think i think there's a there's a viable 
you know use for that everywhere. Oh yeah, I, I think there's going to be amazing. But I think fine. AR has a lot of uh, uh, opportunity to be be a big deal. It it isn't proven in the sense that like there's no there's no um, killer app for it. There's no adoption yet or anything. Yeah. Like oh, that. okay. No, I see. What you're, I see. What you're saying no, but like I like I mean every sci-fi movie, it like. It, it, yeah. it all sort of draws that line. It's like, you know, people grabbing UI kits that are like in their face Don't and stuff. It. And what? Say it. what I what I do? Don't say minority report. I didn't say that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even bring that to say up. minority report when they're talking about this stuff. Although I'm I just broke it. Uh, I, yeah, I'm good just, job, Jeff Paul. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you saw my you saw my hand gestures and I, I was yeah. not going to mention no, that. I, whatever. It, it, that's a personal pet peeve of mine. Yeah, sure. Uh, oh, sure. This movie from the early 2000s when they talk about this stuff. Um so at any rate, yeah, I, I think AR, well, I, there's one AR sort of, it, it's unproven in the market, right? But I think I think it has a lot of potential. One, one thing, I went to an Oculus Connect conference, uh, this was years ago at this point, and uh, you know, this is put on by Meta, and they, they brought up a pretty interesting AR use case. They did a study with Johnson & Johnson, so like a uh, an actual like, you know, double blind scientific study with Johnson and Johnson. And what they did is they, you know, they had a control group of, of doctors who were like getting trained to do knee replacement surgery. And then they, they took a cohort of that and they made a group to do training knee replacement surgery, training in VR and knee replacement surgery. is like, if you look at the diagrammatic depiction of it, it's like, there's all this like equipment, like these, these, braces you put on the knee and then there's this big thing that cuts the knee out at a 90 degree angle and then you replace it with this titanium thing it's like all this equipment right and um the complex like things you have to screw in and in these saws you have to use and um so it's very like like spatial and so they train all these doctors to do it in vr and then their results were that let's see if i can get this right um so 80% of the doctors who were trained to do knee replacement surgery in VR could complete the surgery when they actually had to go to do a real surgery. These are real surgeons and everything. When they actually had to go to do a real surgeon surgery. 80% of the VR trained surgeons could do the knee replacement surgery without assistance. Hmm. And in the control group, 0% could do it without assistance. Hmm. So, so it's the opposite. Yeah. The, well, the, in other words, like almost everyone who was trained in VR could could do it on their first try, whereas in the control group, nobody could. Literally, no one. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm I I read control group as the people that were part of the cohort. Yeah. So, like had, the classically yeah, trained, the classic yeah. training. Every every single surgeon. I don't know how yeah. big groups were, but sure, this sure. was like like John. Uh, someone from Johnson and Johnson presented this. Someone like. Out of you know everyone who was classically trained, nobody could do it by themselves on their first try. Like they had to have an experienced person help them, right? They had assist. And then in with the VR group, eighty percent got it done with no assistance. Huge mm. difference, yeah. right? Yeah. So I to me, I, I've taken that that story away as like now maybe they, this was more of a VR um, <laughs> thing because I think they did the training in VR, but like. You know, it makes a lot of sense because you can manipulate and walk around in six axis freedom, you yeah, know, yeah. like around a 3D object and you're using your hands in VR and stuff like that. And like it, it you know, manipulate these objects. And so it, it, it makes a lot of 
sense that this could be true because like otherwise you're just like looking at two-dimensional diagrams and stuff like that right yeah yeah um i don't know the, so, the format is just i don't know it it still kind of bums me out it's not it's not something i'm excited about i mean i am excited for the industry but yeah i, I just don't I see mean, it. like like the meta the quest 2 i've logged a lot of hours in and like yeah. when when the game experiences that are good in there are like so much better than like because like, I'm a gamer, I play video games, you know, I, invi invariably I'll have like one game I'm playing at a time. So I'm like not a huge, huge nerd about it, but I'll like nerd out about one thing at a time. And like every reaction I have in VR was kind of like, why would I ever go back to like a TV or whatever? You know, it's this is so much more compelling. Because you don't have a TV. I do. It's right there. Oh. So the thing that... um bugs me about this is that I do feel like Meta actually pioneered most of this and Apple's getting like a lot of credit <laughs> right now. <laughs> and it drives me crazy. I'm like, you know, they'll be, they'll talk about like the hand tracking and like uh, all this other stuff that, oh, wow, it's so amazing. And I'm like, God, geez, like Meta's been doing this for years, you know, yeah. it drives me nuts like that they're not. And the, you know, the Meta stuff's like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. Not 3,500. Yeah. So, you, have I mean, you been I, seeing some of the videos that are out there? Of I've watched a couple of reviews and stuff like that. Yeah, no, no, but I mean, like the 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 memification of this. So, like the guy driving the Cybertruck, who's like this, <laughs> and he's like in the front seat, and then there's the two guys oh, sitting at McDonald's and they're eating, and they're both like, "I saw that photo you sent." Yeah. yeah. So, what's happening in that photo is they're like they're eating, and then they're like swiping, yeah. and then one guy yeah. is like this, and this. They're both just like staring, kind of off of each other, but they're sitting at the table together. And I'm like, if this yeah. is what this is going to be like, fuck this. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be like that culturally it, at some point because people are going to be about it. The thing about it is like, and this is true of the meta stuff as well, is that you look kind of dumb wearing it. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about if this like let's just pretend now that it's in my glasses. Like I'm paying attention to you, but I'm distracted right now. There's things going on in my glasses you can't see. Yeah, I mean that's like I said. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, yeah. It's ridiculous to see two people with headsets not even like interact with each other, but they're completely interacting with each other. Yeah, that that that, I, that part I think will be obvious everywhere. But I will say like if you could replace. Because, uh, like, you know, I work every day. I have a MacBook, right? Sit down and plug it into my display. My display is not enormous, but it's it's like a bigger display, 4K display or whatever. And, you know, I sit down and that's what I work on. It's like I'm using this display that's sitting on my desk. If you could get to a point where you could replace that display, right, which is a, Apple, you know, I think this is one thing they've done that meta like they're way ahead of meta on for sure is like you can open up your macbook and like the screen for macbook will just project it's yeah up it'd be up here. And you'll have a large 4k display take something from here and move it over here for a while kind right. of i mean like it, apparently it's like it's like you've got this dedicated computer screen floating but then you've got the other panels from your um vision pro like that you can also have next to it. So like if you can get to the point where you can have large display and like multi display, because I think it's one at a time right now from your computer, like a multi display setup and you don't have to own the display and have it sit on your desk. And like, you know, I, I go into a co-working space um, in the city, like uh, a couple times a month. And it's always kind of like compromised because I've just got my laptop. So then I'm, I go in, but I have, I'm sort of forced to like, 
only use my smaller laptop display. So if I could go in there and like have like big displays in front of me and stuff like that, that is, there's some liberation there, yeah, you know? I, isn't, I, mean, I, I thought the design was that it wasn't a display. It was with this headset on, you're able to move windows in different spots. Yeah, it's, so it's I could floating... have like Excel over here and, you know, something over here. And I just, I had this vision that like, what well, if like, like, like the average user, their desktops are always a mess. <laughs> you have like fucking icons yeah, all over the place well, and it's it, scattered and I can it, just see that. Current, in the current incarnation of it, you, you like, apparently you open up your MacBook, right? And the screen from your MacBook like floats up okay. and the MacBook goes dark. Got it. So it can only power the one right now. It's like, there's a limitation. It can only sure. power one display. So you get a, a floating display and it's a large 4k display from a small MacBook, which is actually, that's very cool. Right. Cause I, that's what I do, except I have to have a hardware display to do it. Right. Yeah. So, so, and then, yeah, you can have multiple windows. It's, it's usually like in panels, like floating around. Yeah, yeah, so you can have, like, figured, yeah. like your, your vision pro has a calendar app or whatever. So that can sit next to your computer's display. So yeah, you can do some like, multi multi display stuff the other thing i'll say is like like kind of similar to the um so anyway the, my point about that is like if they can get really get that I, that works really well apparently uh, um and if they can really refine that to where you could, could just completely replace a display that alone is almost enough to, for me to call it like a killer app if they can get the price yeah. down agreed so that way you can have a small macbook like with a 12 inch screen Right. And just anywhere you are fired up and you've got like big displays, you can do like real work, you know? And like the other thing is like, to be honest, for example, development, like computer programming, you know, software engineering, whatever yeah. immersion is like very important. Like, like any mm -hmm. distraction is like, you'll lose an hour for a five minute distraction. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And so you'll lose minutes for a multi-second distraction or whatever. And so you can dial this knob on the vision pro and shut out the world and just be like on the moon with yeah. your floating displays, like super immersed, like that's has value too. Absolutely, so like, yeah. there are things yeah. about the work, cause like uh, the, the work context that I think could be very cool. And just, it makes it extremely portable to have a large setup. You know, people use, people set up, I don't have a giant display, but people set up their office with like these huge displays and stuff like that, right? These curved displays that wrap around them and all this kind of stuff. And if you could just remove the, the need for hardware, you, you know, then your office becomes more of a space, multi-purpose space. And that's nice. Um, uh, so, so the other thing is like 3d modeling and kind of back to this, like knee replacement surgery thing, like being able to take a 3d model and manipulate with your hands yeah. is like, is huge for that type of work. Cause like every, um, up till now, all 3d modeling is you kind of awkwardly dealing with the fact that like you're on a two-dimensional plane with a mouse working in three dimensions right so actually having the spatial thing where you could like if you're if you're doing industrial design and you can like manipulate the model not only that but you can see it stereoscopically all this yeah. kind of stuff like there the, the future of that stuff is going to be huge as well um okay so we're getting the wrap it up sign from keith The thanks, end. Guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I mean, he started a whole conversation with like three minutes left, so I don't know what you want to say. No, I don't. I, I, no, it's really, awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you're convincing me that I might want to get 
well that, I, for work yeah i for, guess the, for the, work the, it the, sounds the, awesome you're right it's immersive and it's better than if, having if, i mean i got this big display right here it's obstructing my view all the time how much did you just you pay for that big display do you know the, this one here yeah i didn't it's works i didn't pay for it okay but it's, like it's, it's, it's a, and it's okay. got a it's got a built-in dock so you can like dock devices yeah. and do it and stuff this displays are pretty cheap these days so so 380 but, but 34 <laughs> is awesome though and it's curved I, yeah, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish yeah, I had that monitor. display thing, right? That's so popular. Like now, imagine, but it's like nuts get, though. It's like 34 inches. I mean, it's like this wide. Okay. I mean, you guys can keep talking about this. I want to go. I have like right. zero interest in talking about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, tune in next time. We'll, well hit hold on, our, hold on. So we'll hit our, I think, our quintessential seventh episode. I'm excited. We're gonna go over that. Hall. Wait, wait. I, just, just one final thing. Like, if you could get the vision, you don't have one final. This is like being on the phone with my mom. <laughs> not say goodbye. Like, has no way to say. Then you're gonna leave. Just, just leave. Just, just uh, later. later. Uh, uh, come on, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, he left. So, so <laughs> if if they could get the Vision Pro a little bit lighter, where more comfort, where you could wear it for like hours, uh, and they could get the price down to like five hundred bucks or something, and it was like better slam dunk these wraparound displays i yeah. mean that alone is enough you yeah. know no no i like i said you're, you're convincing me otherwise i don't think i would use it in my personal life to my knowledge i don't know if i'd sit on the couch and watch a movie with it i don't know yeah i i i i don't know how much that stuff is gonna stick you know it's, it's there's some novelty to that whatever but um i'm into vr you know so like i think vr experiences are like really compelling but I get the motion sickness thing. All right, so now that Keith is gone, should we talk shit about him? <laughs> it was good talking to you, John Paul. All right, you can wrap it up. Take care. Later. Later.